Hello, it is Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, November 10th, 2020. What a day, what a day. Yes! Not just Aaron Rodgers, by the way. Rob Ninkovich, Super Bowl mm -hmm. champ, multi-time joining us. Also, head coach of IU, Tom Allen. They're undefeated in the Big Ten right now. Maybe the best team in the Big Ten not named Ohio State. Bingo. We'll have their coach on. And obviously, the Aaron Rodgers will be joining mm -hmm. us. Big show, big show. Let's get right to it, shall we? Hey, let's get right to it. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Let's go, dude! Let's go, dude. Last night, there was an epic AFC East battle. The New England Patriots traveled to New Jersey to MetLife Stadium to take on the New York Jets. Now, the New York Jets are being talked about as potentially being the worst football team to ever assemble in the NFL. They are continuing their losing streak, which might go all the way till the end of the season. Shout out to the Cleveland Browns. Shout out to the Detroit Lions. But early in the game last night, Joe Flacco and the Jets looked like they were going to beat the New England Patriots. It looked like that offense that Adam Gase has been masterminding was coming together in beautiful fashion. Joe Flacco was hitting deep shots. He was getting deep pass interferences. Frank Gore was getting the rock, and they were up 10 against the New England Patriots. Then Cam Newton, who threw almost a damn near perfect first half without gaining any yards, came back in the second half and secured a W for the New England Patriots, who have the mindset that it's a new season every single week because the beginning of the season was so damn bad. Hell yeah. Nick Folk hits a 51-yarder to win that game and also force an over, which kind of sucked for everybody that hammered the under. But everybody that hammered the New York Jets plus 9.5 knew that game was a lock from damn near the beginning of that game. Shout-out to Monday Night Football for putting on a game that I guess was awesome. It was a little bit tough to stay awake through. Had to maybe watch it back this morning and kind of catch all the highlights and what happened if you fell asleep. No problems there at all. The New England Patriots, are they all the way back or not? That'll be the topic of at Viva Lazito's poll. We'll talk to him about that. At Tone Diggs also here, Pittsburgh Steelers' Ben Roethlisberger, now out because he was a high-risk contact trace uh, COVID guy next to Vance McDonald, who we are learning. His locker is next to. He sat next to on the plane. And Vance McDonald, who had the sniffles, played the game on Sunday with COVID. So now Ben Roethlisberger's got two bad knees, and he's in the high-risk uh, testing thingy for COVID. Is this when Ben Roethlisberger becomes his absolute best mm -hmm. football player at Tone Diggs? I do believe we're going to see the best Ben Roethlisberger we've ever seen on Sunday because although he is at home, he has to pass five tests, which would get him back in play for Sunday's game against the Bengals. Two bad knees, now a COVID protocol. Ben Roethlisberger's about to heat the fuck up, Diggs, ain't that right? Yeah, it's really it's chest stunt checkers. The Steelers protecting Ben from himself because he was going to go out there and <laughs> practice on two torn ACLs this week to prepare for the Bengals. Bengals this weekend two torn ACLs uh, well it's probably what it is I assume so I, assume like Ben's, I mean I heard two I saw two injured knees I assume with Ben that's two torn ACLs that he's going to play through uh, but let's keep him out of practice this week let's let's protect him from himself uh, chestnut checkers like I said and, and he'll be back for Sunday rested and ready to go it's very interesting though that starting quarterback in the NFL is out for five days a week of practice leading into a divisional game against a Cincinnati Bengals team that has played everybody damn near tough I mean mm -hmm. they got blown out I think once but they've been playing everybody very very tough uh beat the Titans obviously so maybe they figured it out this is a massive game for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the AFC North especially with Baltimore Ravens potentially getting hot again after blowing 
the fucking back out of the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday and mm. Lamar Jackson seeming to be all the way back. This is a big game. 2020 season, though, you guys were forced into an early bye week without even yeah. knowing it was a bye week. You're the only undefeated team left. You almost lost to Gary Gilbert, but you mm -hmm. still got to win. Now your starting quarterback isn't able to practice. Is the NFL in COVID in 2020 out to get the Pittsburgh Steelers, and will the Pittsburgh Steelers prevail? It 1,000% is out to get the Pittsburgh Steelers, but as Mike Tomlin say, would say, we do not care. I mean, we're just going to forge through these fires, obviously. That's who we are. I mean, the situations are the situations, and we're going to mix the next man up and handle everything as we can. And you guys don't live in your fears, obviously. No, we do not. <clears throat> you live in reality, so it's the way it goes. Pittsburgh Steelers, still in everybody's eyes, one of the top teams in the NFL, obviously, because they're undefeated. Mm -hmm. But the almost loss to Gary Gilbert mm -hmm. has caused quite a ripple effect in the way people talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think we have to remember, Pittsburgh Steelers thought they were playing against a JV team. Yeah. Still got a win. Still a win on the road in the NFL. It doesn't matter who's playing is good news. Maybe they got a wake-up call. Now Ben Roethlisberger's going home for a week, which we all know. Zoom calls, got meetings. Mm -hmm. We know he's going to be practicing uh, his Christianity, right? He's going to be doing yeah. Zoom oh, calls yeah. with church. Oh, yeah. He's not going to be doing anything else. Let's hope he stays out of the laptop while he's at home here and not at work. Yeah, I am slightly worried about the temptation of being home for 24 hours a day with that laptop just screaming his name from the other room. Um, but you know, no, I think he'll be on his laptop, right? Yeah. Zoom calls. Has to oh, he's yeah. one click well, he away. Is a browser. Yeah. He is one about. browser. He is one John King slide yep. at the top of the map thing away from potentially diving back into some old habits. And now is not the time for old Big Ben with that new elbow that has been creeping up on him a little bit to potentially dive back into bad habits. I don't think he will. He seems like he's at a, a mentally strong part of his entire life right now. But this is interesting. He's not able to practice. They did say, though, he's able to go in and get treatment mm -hmm. on his two knees. Yeah. Uh, not just one knee, by the way. We thought it was potential. Both knees got injured on one play mm -hmm. yep. uh, for Ben Roethlisberger. Comes back, still leads them to victory. He is able to go in there and get treatment, but it's at a time where there's nobody else around, and I would assume that people that are doing the treatment have to do certain things. I mean, if you're Ben Roethlisberger, though, you're starting quarterback in the NFL, you can get a motherfucker to go to your house. I would assume that's going to happen so that nobody else gets this thing. But everybody has said that Ben has been the most diligent yeah. about the COVID thing. That is why, even though his locker mate and his plane partner have COVID, he does not shout to Ben Roethlisberger taking this thing seriously. Yeah, he gets it that it takes all of us. And if I know Ben and if I know porn addiction, he has a separate computer for film and for, for his late night thoughts. So... As Big long as he keeps com, that, that computer in the closet, I mean, everything's all right. <laughs> He's right. going to beat COVID like he beats his dick, and then they're going to beat the Thunders <laughs> on Sunday. Here we go. Now <laughs> I know. If not, we do have a pretty cool excuse if we lose Sunday. So Here we go, 9-0. <laughs> Is that the chant right now? Here we go, 9-0? That's it, baby. It used to be one for a thumb. We got that one now. So here we go, 9-0. I'll tell you what. <laughs> if the Steelers go 9-0, they should be very proud. But, boy, this is a long season with that week four bye week that they were forced mm -hmm. into because the Tennessee Titans, mm -hmm. who got punished less than the Raiders have gotten punished, yes. by the way. Yeah. And they had 22 people get it. The Raiders, they don't take math seriously over there, $1.5 million. I think the Tennessee Titans have like $350,000 in fines. The Titans forced the Steelers into an early bye week. Will that bite them in the ass later? Did they take a week off against the Cowboys and still get a win? Maybe they're playing real-life chess instead of checkers. We'll take a bye week while playing a game, and we'll get Ben Roethlisberger out of the game we'll have him have two knees or something like Whoa. that and then he's back in it i'll be intrigued to see how this all plays out the steelers will they go perfect this season maybe it's only happened one other time mm -hmm. in 101 years of existence the nfl it's going to be very difficult when they lose though i'm pumped to hear the pundits all bury the how bad the steelers are because mm -hmm. the steelers right now only undefeated team 
are uh, Stephen A's has them at number five, by the way. Has them below the Bills by like three mm-hmm. and everything like Wild. that. Intrigued to see how this whole thing plays out. T's and P's for Ben to survive P's, yes. COVID uh, if he has it, which they're saying he doesn't. And Vance McDonald, we hope you survive COVID. Yeah. Right. Because remember, the threat of death is why the world shut down because of COVID. Yep. And the first thought is immediately, will they be able to play this weekend? Let's just hope that they can survive COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Because it seems like that is why all these shutdowns happen. But if you, if you do survive, now there's whole there's a whole other gamut of things that uh, COVID potentially does. Lowers your sperm count. Oh, yeah. oh that's bad mm-hmm. for him. I guess it lowers your sperm count. Oh yeah, uh, it makes you depressed. Oh, uh, yeah. You get anxiety. Yep, mental health. All these things that are rolling out right now uh, that are the threats of COVID. Very interesting. I hope Vance McDonald can survive all of those yes. things. Yeah. Uh, at Boston Connor, Patriots uh, all the way back, huh? All oh, the way yeah. back. Big win. Cam Newton throws zero touchdowns, runs for two. You guys beat the worst team potentially in the history of the NFL, and you woke up this morning saying, hey, Patriots are back, baby. A couple weeks ago, Super Bowl champion D-tackle for the Chiefs, Chris Jones, said, you know what? This New York Jets team, they're a real good team just because they don't have any wins. Last week, Bill Belichick says, this Jets team's good. They're better than they were last year. That was a solid win. I mean, there were two all-time greats in the New York Jets backfield last night. Frank Gore, Joe Flacco, footsteps. And he was surgical, as we thought he was. And somehow, the Patriots, with a JV team, they went out and they got the job done. That was not his nickname. Never has been. Never will be. You're forcing it in there now at this point. It has not picked up at all since you started calling him that. Maybe it's time to give it up. Speaking of giving it up, it doesn't feel like uh, the Patriots are giving up at all. Like, the Patriots are going to go to win every single game. And if you're a Patriots fan, are you happy or mad about that? It's like last night, Steve Levy, Lewis Riddick, and Brian Greasy started talking about, I think Steve Levy approached the idea that maybe the Jets' front office would be happy if they were to lose every game oh, because yeah. Trevor Lawrence is in on deck. And Lewis Riddick, rightfully so, because Lewis Riddick is a former player and had to fight for literally every single play that he had. He was like, no, ain't nobody trying to lose or whatever. And Steve Levy was like, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but maybe it's good for the fans to lose or whatever. And Lewis Riddick, he was like, oh, no, they're trying to win every single game. It's like, okay, I understand that. But it is interesting to think as a Jets fan last night, because as you're winning that game and Joe Flacco's passing Joe Montana in the record mm-hmm. books and Frank Gore's doing these awesome Stunts. things, and you guys are beating the Patriots, which is, I assume isn't something normal. And in the back of your mind, you have to think, like, if Bill Belichick fucks us out of getting Trevor Lawrence, it's time to kill him. And then, lo and behold, played a great game. They lose in the end. I think everybody was happy with what happened last mm-hmm. night between the Patriots fans and the Jets fans last night incredibly happy i mean we do have the ravens next week and there's a little worry that they might rush for 800 yards against us but uh, until then you know we're fine we just need to get our guys back gumpy what's that spread right now i think the ravens are only favored by seven right now it's yeah. seven it was six and a half this morning and that's probably gonna get up to nine or ten i'm I'd guessing assume. at least nine Maybe 14 so it's tuesday if you want to hop on an early line potential ravens in new mm-hmm. england now bill lost to lamar Last year, right? Oh, yeah. And then Cam Newton did damage against Bill a couple years ago. That's why he signed Cam Newton, Mm -hmm. like Cam Newton, right? So the quarterback who is mobile and can make plays has been a little bit of an Achilles heel for Bill Belichick. Is this something he's gotten over now that he has Cam in the building or maybe watch more film on Lamar? I'll be intrigued to see how Bill plays at sevens a lot Mm -hmm. against the Patriots. If that goes up to eight or nine. That'll be a lot against the Patriots because it feels like the Patriots will be able to keep it close against whoever. doesn't matter if it's the Jets. doesn't matter if it's the Super Bowl champs. But also it could go the complete opposite direction. They could just blow the Patriots out of the fucking building. 
Ravens are four, one and one. Their last six against the spread in New England as well. Okay, here okay. we go. Hopefully, we get stuff on Gilmore back, and then we can just put nine guys in the box and make Lamar throw on us. And then you get pass interference calls, and they'll just walk right down like Joe Flacco did last night. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you get let footsteps get loose. You don't <laughs> let him have the ball. Left two terrible. minutes left. That name is terrible. Do you see him move in the pocket, though? His footsteps are hot. You have to see that. I, what I saw was you act like an absolute buffoon yesterday <laughs> on Hammer Down and be wrong. No, I, I said we wouldn't lose five in a row. Maybe, perhaps. I did throw in there that Patriots minus nine and a half might have been yeah, a good bet. The, the whole, the whole, no, you did not say that. The whole reason why you freaked out is because I was betting against Bill mm-hmm. Belichick. Yeah, on the Jets. I know. I was very upset. Still am. But what are you going to do? I won. It was a so, good bet. I, so what I we're know. saying is your entire freakout that happened on Hammer Down yesterday, coming at me and attacking me for betting against Bill Belichick and yelling. You literally yeah. yelled oh, for yeah. like 67 seconds yeah. or something like that at me for betting. was wrong and misguided and completely incorrect. Well, you know, love is blind. And I love the Patriots more than I love anything else in this entire yeah, world. Yeah, there was a lot of hate yesterday. And I, I think it was, uh, it was misfound. I, I think it was very stupid. Hate and love are basically the same thing, Pat. That's what they say. At Ty Schmidt, Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, he had an off weekend, right? Didn't do anything, but yeah. they got better. What did he do? You think he watched the other teams? You think he watched Russell Wilson throw two picks and have a couple more fumbles and have go to seven turnovers in the last three weeks and go, that's a real shame. Do you think he watched the Buccaneers uh, against the Saints and go, damn, okay, so the so so the Saints seem to be for real and the Bucs seem not? What do you think he did for them? I'm, I'm intrigued to hear if he watched those games. Because remember on his bye week, he actually told us he went camping yeah. on his property, which was not true. But he said he didn't watch anything. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he did that this weekend as well. And if it's been working, keep doing it, pal. I hope he did because I hope somewhere in the back of his head, you know, I mean, I know he doesn't care about winning another MVP. He's got a couple of them already. But if he sees what happened on Sunday, maybe somewhere back there he's like, you know what, I think I, I'm going to throw for seven touchdowns on Sunday. Call a couple audibles, you know. And Who are they playing this week? Jags. Jacksonville. Is it Jack Lutton? It is uh-huh. Jack the Snake Lutton. Beware. Which I'm a little, I'm a little worried about. Hey, Jack Lutton can move. Jack Lutton's a little bit of a player. He's got a live arm, too. He does, and he's one of those guys you don't take serious, and then he pops in there and just pops off on you a little bit. I am a little bit worried, yes, because they got a good running back as well. But I Is mean, it in Jacksonville or is it in Green Bay? I believe it's in Green Bay. Oh, okay, that's, bigger. that's a yeah. much bigger deal. Still no fans, though. Yeah, but the weather. True, true. Now, granted, it it's might, hot in the Midwest right now. Hey, it is 70. Listen, okay, if we can save the planet, Let's let's go ahead and do that. However, whoever mm-hmm. says, I mean, depending upon who you listen to, how we do it is. I watched this documentary on carbon, by the way. It's oh yeah, pretty awesome to watch this carbon documentary. Uh, turns out, like a lot of things that are happening that people think are saving is actually hurting because if you go on the carbon theory, which we all are made of, by the way, carbon. Mm-hmm. If you go by that theory, there's a chance that there's some whatever whatever's doing to the world. Maybe, by the way, maybe. And this is a theory you've heard. Like, there's nothing we can do about it. This is just going to happen to the Earth. But then, obviously, there's a thought that humans are completely fucking up the Earth. Which, sure. by the way, all have valid arguments behind mm-hmm, them. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, it's I, we're not here to tell you which one's right. I'm just telling you, with the world fucking up, how whoever's doing it, if Indiana has become Southern California, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. I am. Now, no, listen. It's not good, obviously. Course, there's a lot yeah. of other things happening. There's a lot of backlash. But if one of the positives and everything else bad leaves is for Indiana to become Southern California like it has been for the last seven days, it's been 71 degrees with no humidity, Perfect. clear skies <laughs> in the middle of November. Like, hey, I think we should revisit the discussion on how we keep that and get rid of all the other stuff. Don't get me wrong. I do not hate it. It is. Uh, it's. It's lovely. But. 
wasn't it kind of weird last night? Like I was looking outside and it was kind of overcast and I was like, oh boy, I bet it's like 35 degrees out there. I walk outside and it was about 68. I had to, yeah. I had to pop the sweatshirt off. I was like, I wasn't, I wasn't ready for the it. The only issue I'm having is all the leaves didn't get the memo. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. So the leaves all got the memo that uh, it was still going to be fall as <laughs> is. Time to fall Like off. we need to get out of here. Yeah. Yep. So they're all down. You go outside, it's midsummer night or whatever. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Now, I would like to, if we're going to continue that conversation, I would like for us to uh, also request, we would like snow during during Christmas. Gotta have Please. it around Christmas. Uh, 23rd to the 26th. Like a week or so. Yep. So let's get rid of all the bad stuff, the fires, the hurricanes, the floods. Mm-hmm. Let's get rid of that, okay? We don't want that at all. We would like uh, Southern California climate, though, in Indiana for everything but December 20th to, like, January 10th or something. Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay, so we can have all that. That would be very nice. And I think, by the way, that's not too much to ask, is no, it? I don't think so. Not at all. Take note, Mother Nature. <laughs> I wonder what Green Bay is going to be like this weekend. I, I just heard 50 degrees and mm-hmm. rain or something yeah. like that. Ooh. That means nothing. To Doesn't mean anything. Rogers. Yeah, Raji's got huge hands. Oh, hurt lots. Yeah, he did talk about how California, when they played Santa Clara 49ers over there, that it was a perfect night for football. Mm-hmm. And a week before, it was very windy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he said, that's just Lambo. That's how it's going to be. Never gets talked about from Mason Crosby, by the way, that being his home. Everybody talks about Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Heinz Field, obviously difficult to, uh, to kick in. Everybody talks about Cleveland, obviously difficult to kick in. Lambo, I believe, is notoriously a breezy place out oh, there yeah. in the middle of Wisconsin. Mason's been there for a long time. And Aaron's been able to put up all these records the amount of stats that aaron Rodgers has garnered at this particular point of his career versus everybody else like for instance aaron Rodgers is 12 touchdowns away from becoming the seventh quarterback in the history of the nfl to record 400 touchdown passes 400 here's how many interceptions the other six had when they threw 400 tom brady has thrown 400 uh touchdowns he had 143 interceptions whenever he got to that mark drew Brees, 196 interceptions when he got to that. peyton 198 philip rivers 202 would have guessed that Dan Marino, 231. Brett Favre, 258. Aaron Rodgers has 86 interceptions, and he's about to throw his 400th touchdown. I mean, it's just next-level fucking football that people need to start – like, putting a little bit more respect on the entire thing. That was one of the most staggering things I've ever seen. Because as a Packers fan, especially, like, that argument comes up all the time. Who's better, him or Favre? And I, I mean, he's thrown 200 less interceptions than Favre has. And I love Favre. He is a gunslinger. But it's, oh, like, yeah. it's unreal. I and, mean, that's an unreal stat. And Aaron and Brett are tight, too. So yeah, they let's are. not try to drive a wedge between them. But I do believe it's time for that, you know, the team that doesn't have an owner. Maybe they don't have as much say with the media. Uh, maybe they can't do as many things because they don't have an owner. Andrew Brandt, who was a former front office member of the Green Bay Packers, alluded to that, how the rest of the NFL kind of views the Green Bay Packers like little brother almost. Like they have a seat at the table, but it's just a much smaller seat mm-hmm. than everybody else. Maybe there needs to be a little bit more respect on uh, old A-Rod. And, and by the way, a lot of people put out, like Bleacher Report will put out tweets or quotes from the show, which we appreciate, by the way. Shout out Bleacher Report. They give us credit and this tiny little credit mm-hmm. up in the upper left corner. Yeah, minuscule. Really appreciate you guys doing that. I mean, you guys got a lot of people creating content over there that's worth fucking sharing. So we appreciate you just putting our tiny little name over there. We appreciate them sharing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate you giving us credit on it. All that shit. I don't, I don't want to undersell that because they have a massive platform. But you'll see in the responses, people are like, oh, arrogant douchebag. And then people right underneath are like, have you ever listened to him on the show? Yeah. Have you ever listened to him on the show? Like, maybe he's just a dry sense of humor, sarcastic human mm-hmm. who his quotes could have got mis, uh, uh, misquoted or taken out of context on a very regular basis throughout his entire career. And he, his literal motto, motto is kill him with indifference so he doesn't respond to it. 
I'm, I'm happy we're just now starting to understand Aaron Rodgers as a human, and I think everybody's starting to really appreciate what he's done. That is an in, insane stat. Yeah. It's like last year, what, it was like 24 and 2? 26 and 4, yeah. Yeah, 26 and 4 or something like that, and people were like, bad year for Aaron Rodgers last year. He's washed. Jameis Winston, no, he threw 26 more interceptions than him, okay? That's almost two a game more. Okay, throughout an entire season. More pick sixes. And no offense to Jameis. Jameis had a hell of a season. They had a lot of yards and everything like that. But put that in compare. Like, that is just – it's insane what he does. He's so smart. He's diligent. He's athletic. There's some running stats behind him. And we get a chance to chat with him here in about two hours. Should make him the owner of the Packers. That's what they should do. And, by the way, I think he has, like, some investment stuff that goes on. He probably could at this point. If I, uh, I would guess so. Mm-hmm. We all saw that house he bought in Malibu. <laughs> By the way, first time in a couple of days I've been able to hit the Oh, oh I missed it. I got too greedy. Have Evil Azito, what is your poll for today? You look incredible in that wow. Arby's meat oh, suit. Oh, come on. Oh, my God. I you feel look good. good. By the way, hashtag Arby's is great. You have two more days to get entered into the giveaway for that yeah. Arby's meat sweatsuit that Zito is wearing on the couch right now. It's that exact one. We'll all sign it. Yep. You could potentially win it whenever you eat at Arby's. By the way, deep fried turkey clubs. Oh, 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 my gosh. A couple of the boys had it this oh, morning. Yeah. It is right in time oh. here for uh, uh, turkey season, basically. Mm-hmm. Perfect. They got this deep fried. They have wraps. They have salads. They have, uh, obviously, all the meats. They have all the meats. Euros. Shakes. Hey, Euro, gyro, gyro, Euro, gyro. Who knows? Common person, super smart person. That's kind of how you separate those <laughs> wow. two. Yeah, yeah, it happens with that. Uh, the amount of things, the mott sticks, I mean, people, oh, buffalo chicken fries. stuff they got going on. They got curly fries, the cheese sauce. I mean, you name it. The wide array of things that are available at Arby's that all taste delicious. It is time to be proud that you're eating them. Whenever you eat Arby's here in the next two days, which we would recommend you doing so, use the hashtag Arby's is great and you automatically be entered in to win this exact meat sweatsuit that our guy Zito is wearing right now. Eating W's. That boy Z. Yep. Uh, shout out to Arby's, by the way. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe that we have a partnership with Arby's, by the way. Awesome. It's, <laughs> it's very dumb. It's unbelievable how consistent they are, too, really. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. We talked about it because mm-hmm. they're available now on DoorDash and I think everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And you can use hashtag or you can use Pat the number four and then free to get free delivery if you eat at Arby's because they are available to show up at your house if they're around you. Um, the consistency. This is next level. And only people that eat at Arby's know that. Yeah. Everybody that eats at other places, you, you don't know what you're going to get, by the way, when it shows up. Arby's is consistently great. And that's why I appreciate the hell out of them. I mean, this morning, what, we had maybe a $250 order. Oh, Everything so accounted for. I mean, that never happens. No, ever. 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 That's Arby's, baby. We actually had to turn our back on an entire franchise that we went to bat for because of the lack of consistency. Yeah. We yeah. did. They were treating us like we were some stooges. It's yeah. like, you know, have a little bit of respect for our money. And although Arby's is fast food, it is not taste like it. No, it that doesn't. smokehouse fucking brisket I had this morning. Oh, oh. Again, I thought you went down to a local steakhouse. <laughs> should and got not, it. That should not be available to be delivered to your house. No. It's so good. What's your poll for today, Zito? Uh, yes, sir. After uh, last night's win, are the Patriots back? Uh, yep. 7%? Nope. 93%. That's over 13,000 people. Awesome. So if I'm doing the math real quick, 11,000 people said nope. Hey. Good, Good math. math. Thank you, guys. Seat? Thank you. Hey. It's the suit. Euro, math, yeah. meat sweatsuit. Oh, yeah. Put Zito, it all together. Maybe this is uh, Jose Zito Perez Tuesday. Ooh. Ooh. I can't take it from Aaron. 
True. Hey, Noble. So. In two weeks, I'm taking it. <laughs> J-Z-P-Z. Right, uh, hashtag Arby's is great. If you eat it in the next two days, you have until uh, November 13th. So you have midnight of, you get it. I've entered yeah, five yeah. times. What's that? I've entered five times. What you uh, enter with is today? With my beautiful Mozzick and Euro. Oh. Oh, it was so good. The Mozzicks are very good. They're so yeah. good. It's like a Italian restaurant. I mean, they only paid for like a 30 second read or whatever, <laughs> but it's hard not to. Hey, when you love it this much, I mean. Talking about Arby's all day. They sent us a memo to talk about or whatever before they heard what we originally talked about. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, here's some things to talk about. And then they sent a memo back that was just like, yeah, fucking do whatever you want to do. The fact that people said that eating Arby's wasn't cool was a fucking problem for me. That was a real problem for me. Coastal bias. And I know exactly the humans that said it wasn't cool to eat Arby's. It's like, uh, those people suck and should not. Those people don't talk about what's cool or not cool because y'all motherfuckers are losers anyway. Mm -hmm. That's right. So, that guy. Yeah. I love Arby's now. <laughs> I didn't know. I, I was lied to my entire life well, until that, I got out here. That's the thing about it, though, is I think people don't hear about it. Then they hear one person who thinks and they say mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that's what Ar-. No, no. I want to let you know. I think there was a lot of quiet Arby's fans strictly because Arby's fans don't feel the need to blast it at, oh, from the no. rooftops how good it is. Just trying to eat good. It's a hard-working. Mm-hmm. It is. A, it's a rust-belt kind of restaurant. It really is. It's fucking great. Joining us now is a man who has a national championship as a college football player at Ohio State and a Super Bowl champion uh, with Green Bay Packers, Mr. A.J. Hawk, and also a man who is currently thrown for 24 touchdowns and two interceptions in the 2020 NFL season, a man who is, by all accounts, greatest quarterback of all time, ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Rodgers. That never gets old, buddy. <laughs> I'm happy we can do that for you. You know, a Tuesday afternoon, kind of a little bit of a lift up, like, hey, bub, how you doing? Great to talk to you. Did you know that stat about how many? 24 touchdowns, two interceptions. 24-2 this year so far. Uh, not a bad year you're having, pal. Maybe uh, what do we do this weekend after the Thursday night game? Uh, did you watch games this weekend? Did you treat it as a bye week? Did you go camping on your property? What did you do this weekend? A lot of camping on the property, for smart, sure. Smart, smart. Yeah, just zoned out. Mm-hmm. Just thought a lot about Sting and the music that he makes. <laughs> did you watch any games? Like on Sunday, did you have an NFL day like I have where you just kind of watch all the games or did you kind of come and go? Yeah, I watched a little bit of Red Zone Channel and I watched a little bit of the game on Sunday night. Hey. That's about it. Hey, that Sunday night game was riveting too. I, did you dive into that one? Did you see the, 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 the game 38-3, to I believe, the Saints took down the Bucks. Yeah, I, I saw the final score. It wasn't uh, it wasn't that entertaining. I know what that feels like uh, a few weeks ago. Okay, so I have a question for you. Uh, as because you were dead a couple weeks ago after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that defense figured out your team. Uh, now you guys are back on the high. After Thursday night, you just had six uh, incompletions and had this massive night, four touchdowns. How is it? Do is it hard to balance? a season out of success and failures uh like for instance tom right now everybody's saying tampa Bay buccaneers are dead they're done for they've been figured out like how does that change your mindset after having a great game or a terrible game or are they the exact same reaction out of you because it's kind of like you have to well i mean i don't know pat i mean i don't think there's 
there's not a major freak out. I know you like to <sighs> do your overreaction Monday. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, everybody does. There's just, you know, the, the knee-jerk reactions to everything that happened. You know, if you win, it's either how great you are or, you know, like last year we were winning ugly. You know, everybody kept saying, well, they're winning, but it's just really ugly. I think there's a, uh, you know, a loss of the understanding of how difficult it is to win in this league. And then there's, an under, there's a, I think, a lack of understanding of how difficult it is to be consistent. There's just so many outside factors and teams that play differently and, and adjustments that go on and dealing with success and dealing with frustration and dealing with outside distractions that can that can affect you week to week, uh, not to mention injury reports and COVID tests and everything else that we're dealing with week to week. Is, there's a lot of uh, other circumstances that affect uh, performance or can affect performance week to week, and I think that's the beauty in, in finding consistency in those teams that do. Uh, and you understand and appreciate how difficult that is. You know, we beat the Saints early in the season. I believe it was week three, and they haven't lost since then. They've won five in a row. So obviously, they figured some things out after that, and have gotten to a great rhythm and uh, got you know, Michael Thomas back, who's a really talented player. Uh, but they've obviously, you know, gotten into that groove, and you realize how difficult that is. And I think you have a big respect for teams that can put together win streaks four, five, six, eight, you know, for your boys in Pittsburgh. It's it's really impressive. Hey, they're those guys, boys. No, I'm on your right. I'm on your team, pal. Oh, yeah. Hey, Aaron, you think, yeah. uh, think having the whole COVID protocols and you guys not being able to go go out and about and go on the town, like, you know, what usually happens during the week, Friday night's big, I know, after the game guys want to hang out. Is it – guys may be able to, like, dial in and not have all those distractions? Ooh. Yeah, that's a good question, Age. I think it's a little bit of both. I think there is a lack of distraction uh, on the one hand, but I think it does it does change the way you get to interact. I mean, there's always over the years been, you know, fun to get together outside the facility, whether it's uh, Halloween stuff or Thanksgiving or Christmas parties or just the, you know, the Monday night uh, dinners or going out to dinner, you know, offensive line dinners or defensive dinners or position group dinners there's just there's been some really fun hangouts over the years that become just a standard week to week that you really enjoy and i think we miss that chemistry and a lot, a lot of people don't give any you know credence and, and don't give a shit about chemistry but it, i think it's really important um, you know being able to trust the guys that you're playing with and, and count on those guys and and also get to know them and understand what makes them tick and how you can uh hold them accountable and how you can talk to them when it's going good to keep them level-headed and talk to them when it's you know there's some adversity and you're struggling i think it's really important to, to being a good teammate to being a good leader uh, not having that opportunity i think is is tough for everybody because i don't know that uh, you're seeing the as close uh, units as you might in a normal season and, and i know last year that was really important for us, especially as our defense and special teams, as Pat loved to point out last year, Bingo. carried us at times. Uh, oh, whoa, whoa. Was, we really loved each other. We hung out together. We spent time off the field together. And I, we're, we're missing that. I really do. I really feel like we're missing those those fun opportunities. That's what makes the season as much as, you know, we're 6-2 and, 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 and first in the north. It hasn't quite had the same type of fun as an entire season because you miss those those fun team team moments first in the north hell yeah hell, hell yeah. yeah hell yeah the um i've always said like the teams that i was on that were good it seemed like the team liked each other 
right? Like it seemed like the team liked each other. And the teams that was on that weren't as good, it seemed like the teams didn't like each other enough. And that camaraderie is a pretty big deal. Now, granted, because you're losing, does that mean everybody hates each other? You can kind of go hand in hand there. But how have you been able to build up chemistry with people you didn't know going into the season? Was that the Zoom call? Like, because I heard in the locker rooms, you guys aren't even allowed to sit next to each other, right? Like you're not even allowed to, and then you're not allowed to eat together, right? These are, these are critical times in building up trust with each other. Has there been any efforts to try to be creative with that, or is it just kind of you got to do what you got to do on the practice field and everything like that? Well, Pat, you can't really be creative when their big brother's spying on you the whole time. Oh, hey, did you hear about the Jets? You hear about the Jets? Yeah. We can dive into that later. I mean, that's. <laughs> I mean, it's they're watching everything, and if there's a you know lapse in protocol, you can get fined. Obviously, you've seen teams get fined already, and individual coaches and players get fined. Uh, for breaking protocol. I mean, there's one-person tables in the lunchroom. Uh, you know, there's plexiglass or whatever the hell it is between our lockers. Uh, you, you know, we have, like, offense, defense in the locker room. So, you know, I'm not sitting next to, you know, Tim Boyle uh, and getting to shoot the shit with him after a meeting or before or after practice. I mean, I can barely even talk to Warren, who's my locker mate, because, you know, there's a, there's, you know, a partition between us. I have to, like lean out over it and half the time you can't hear what i'm saying i think so it definitely puts a strain on on that you know locker room uh conversation camaraderie um you know i think obviously the proponents of all that say it's necessary to get us to the to the finish line and into the season i think there's a lot of uh questions about uh you know is this you know uh, are we doing all this based on science and it's all necessary Mm. i mean there's some interesting conversations to be had down the line about all that obviously we've had uh a couple positive tests in the last in the last few weeks that yeah i'm that puts you in this protocol to where you know now we're wearing masks down at uh uh, in the weight room down to practice have the little shield stuff um Hold on, like, can I ask you? Can I ask you why you just mentioned that? Because you're not talking about the real world. You're talking about in sports. I think AJ Dillon had it for the entire game, played an entire game with it, and nobody else had a positive. Now we're hearing that other people played with it. Vance McDonald, who's sitting next to Ben on the plane and in the locker room, Ben's had a negative test. So I would assume that in the locker room, not just yourself, there's a lot of people going like, okay, so these people literally played an entire day. We didn't have the plexiglass there. Are we doing maybe? Let's be safe, but maybe we're overdoing it a bit. And can we adjust that at the time? Because it feels like it's going the opposite direction. It's getting like stricter and stricter as it goes when it feels like there's an opportunity to potentially lighten that up a little bit inside the confines of the little mobile bubble you guys have. No, no, I'm not saying that, Ben. I'm, not, I'm definitely not saying that. I'm okay. not saying it would lighten anything up. I'm saying, I'm just wondering what is this based on? Because, you know, there's, I just think there's some double standards. You can, you know, dap up a guy after the game but you can't eat at the same lunch table as a teammate. Um, yeah, you yeah. can go down to practice and hit each other and be in close contact, but you have to have plexiglass between you and the guy next to you in the locker room. I, I just think some of those things, to me, just don't really add up. Like, I understand what we're trying to do. We're trying to get every game in and, and stay healthy, but uh, I think just some of those things, and, and I don't really care about what people's opinions are Beside, This is my own opinion about things. I just think that some things uh, – make sense and then some things don't make a lot of sense they said before you know before the season you can't you can't even talk to anybody after the game and i'm thinking well what do you mean we just like you know there's uh 
spit and sweat and all this stuff and we're playing a game and we're getting hit and we're tackling and then we can't go and talk to somebody who we know on the other team I, I just some of those things to me I think it's you know some of it is definitely for the optics of it some of it is probably based on on science um, but it's it's definitely changed uh, changed the season for sure hey how has it changed your um, I don't know if you've given much thought to so Pat's mentioned on the show multiple times. You have a beautiful place out in Malibu. Oh, it's nice. I saw it. I, hey, I took a tour of that thing, a virtual tour. I was. Ooh. It was like I was in there, Aaron. That place is. <laughs> I love what you're going to do with that kitchen area right there. <laughs> it is going to be nice because I was trying to think like if I ever got this. So it's a beautiful place. Sorry, AJ. Go ahead. Well, no, it's good, Pat. It's uh, what's it called? What's uh, a vacuum? What's it called, Aaron? Your elevator to the beach? Oh my! I didn't even see that. Y'all keep talking about. It. I'm not going to invite Ty out. No! Oh, no! Tread lightly, gentlemen. Okay, okay. All right, we'll back off. Sorry about that. Right, so it's got an elevator to the know. fucking beach. Holy Sorry, man. sorry, dude. Good for you. You've worked hard. You, hey, yeah, you, yeah. You deserve it. You deserve it. It's not a vacuum, by the way. But uh, how do you handle post game? Like I was watching. I'm watching the Bucks Saints game, and I'm thinking the whole time, like, okay, Drew and Tom Brady find each other, and they're kind of hugging, kind of whispering in each other's ear. And the whole time, I'm like, oh, is the, is the TV going to cut away? Are these guys going to get in trouble? Like, what do we do here? Like, do you know what – do you have a plan after games? Most of the time, I don't think about it. I really don't. I just think about going and, and, and seeing the quarterback of their team and, and anybody I might know on that squad. Um, look, we're, we're at the mercy of, of, of this, and, and a lot of it's out of our control. Now, I think what is in our control is – you know where we're eating and and our habits and our building our immune system and stuff. But uh, if somebody has it and sits sits next to you or you're going against them and you get it, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, you're going to deal with uh, symptoms or no symptoms. You're going to quarantine for however long, and then you're going to be back and fine. Like that's what we've seen from uh, our teammates uh, and guys across the league. Um, so I don't really think a whole lot about it. I, I just try and take care of my immune system the best I can, and um, yeah, I enjoy seeing those guys on their team. So do you? To, do you have any? Away from seeing those people. Do you have any immune immunity pills? TB twelve's got some. Uh-huh. I didn't know if you had any. Yeah, you should think yeah. about maybe getting in that business. I'm <laughs> sure, but uh, um, whenever you talk to Tom, okay, in LeBron. LeBron is maybe the best at this in the world. Anytime he has a conversation, his hand is over it because people are trying to dissect every word that he says. When you go talk to a quarterback after a game like that, I mean, I assume immediately upon arriving in the NFL, you knew that Cameron's going to be on that. But when you guys are talking, is there a single genuine conversation that happens in there, or is that all bullshit? Like, is there any actual, like, uh, like good to see? Like, what is, is it all? What is that conversation like? That's a great question, Pat, and most people probably uh, don't know the real answer. I, I think it just, it depends on on who it is. Okay. I think there's some guys you can who don't care, and you can have a legit conversation with them. I think some guys where you don't want to say stuff because you know you're mic'd up. Mm. Uh, sometimes you just don't really care. Like if I see, you know, like Ryan Fitzpatrick on the field, who I en- enjoy and 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 respect, and he's a '05. A draft class guy. I've known him for a long time. I mean, he's an awesome dude. If I saw him, I probably, probably wouldn't care what was said, you know, and, yeah. and just say whatever. If you see other guys, you know that the mics are probably going to beat you to the spot. So you might not, 
you know, say exactly what what you would say in a normal situation. You know, there's other, other guys that you've known for a while and you just don't really care, or maybe they don't care. But you know that if you're running out there to see Tom or Drew uh, or one of those long-term guys, like, unless you kind of jog to the middle, it's probably going to be four cameras and a couple booms. So uh, I don't think it's the most heartfelt conversation. Uh, it's pretty standard, uh, you know, good job, stay healthy, whatever. It's, that's why I enjoy kind of the, you know, either getting out there early or kind of waiting till it dies down and being able to have like a, a real human conversation with, uh, with guys that you respect or know on the other team. Uh, you know the why the cameras though, because you guys are the greatest of all time. Hell yeah. That's pretty cool. That's got to be pretty cool to know that. Like, yeah. When I have conversations with other goats, motherfucking cameras trying to get me, dog. That's got to feel pretty good. Good for you. Hey, what about the guys you don't like though, Aaron? Has there ever been awesome. a game that you've played where you didn't go out and, and greet the, the quarterback? I'm not telling you to name names. Oh, or do. I would assume you've you've always found a way, even if you despise the guy with all your heart. Yeah, I can't think of a game that I haven't uh, had a conversation with the opposing quarterback, and, and that's every game from you know the 2009-10 against uh, Favre, you know, when obviously things were a little contentious at that time, <laughs> to uh, yeah, that means just probably every startup. I think it's it's part of uh, the respect level of playing the same position, knowing what you put on on the line, and knowing how much preparation it takes, and also class. I think you you know you win with class and you lose with class, and and also knowing you, the cameras on you. So like, I don't know. I think it's part of oh, dude, part of the competitive process is is doing it with uh, with some dignity. So you know, Tom didn't go out there and uh, dap up foals, you know. So that's like conversation. So the fact that you said there at the end, like. And also, you know, there's a camera on you. Like that is a very interesting thing. Have you? Um, I, I want to talk to you about something that AJ brought up the other day again, and I completely forgot about whenever I first heard this. And it's insane to think about. You guys go into work, okay? You go into work, you do your thing, you watch the film, you study, you do the whole thing. You go in a locker room. This is a Wednesday, Thursday. You put on your shoulder pads, you put on your pants, you get your helmet, okay, you put the eye black on, whatever you need to do, maybe a little war paint, go get the icy hot on the limbs, you do the whole thing. Then you strap up your boots, you get, uh, uh, if you get spatted, you get the ankles taped, you do the whole thing. Then you guys get in a car, you drive down the street, you go to practice, and then you hop in a car after practice and drive back home. Is that real? That happens every single day? Every single day? Anything awesome ever? Any batteries die? Anybody need to get jumped? Did you ever, uh, did the cleats ever mess? Like any, any stories of the uh, transferring, like maybe a new player comes in, locks keys in car somehow, maybe stuck. Like, is there any situations that have popped up? Because I see this as being a potential logistical nightmare with some humans. I agree. And I, I, I think the greatest accomplishment that, that we've had in 16 years is nobody has truly gotten hurt on that drive down. That's good. Uh, it's a practice. It's, you know, I, I, I'm sure there's many distractions uh, in the car. There's people walking often, especially, you know, at times during uh, during training camp after uh, we kind of uh, don't do the bikes anymore. There's just, I just think there's there's big pillars, you know. I think <laughs> one of our coaches at some point hit one of those. <laughs> AJ probably can confirm or deny that, but. Um, yep, he said. It is. It's pretty amazing that you know going down to that little parking lot too, by the Don Hudson Center and by um, by Hinkle and Nitschke are two fields. 
the fact that we've never really had an incident is amazing. Now, there's been times where guys double park guys, and uh, you drive kind of maybe drive that guy's car back to the stadium just mm. to tell him to not double park again anymore. Yeah, yeah, got to get him. Or you, you know, stuff like that's happened, but I don't think we've had any accidents or guys getting bumped in 16 years, and that is an incredible accomplishment. Yeah, I agree. We yeah, shipped we- a car to Montana one time. They were just something to think about if it ever pops up. Good at it. <laughs> <laughs> got AJ? Sorry about that. Also, you, you mentioned Sting earlier. I don't know if you know, Sting's real into this tantric sex thing with his wife for like 10, 15 hours at a time. I don't know. Maybe that's why you're listening to his stuff. But Take it. It got easy, me thinking. AJ. What? Other than, uh, other than 15 I 15 hours Brian, at a time? Come on. What? 15 hours at a time? That's Let Sting him talk, thing. bro. Let him talk. <laughs> That's Sting's thing, though. Like, do you need to know that, Pat? Like, Sting, I know no. he's obviously has a beautiful voice, great singer. But yeah, Aaron, I'm sure knows that, didn't he? Isn't that his thing? Great hair, great singer, and he's in the tantra. Whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> but what I was saying, Aaron, so other than like Ryan Phillippe, I know when you saw him first in, in person, you tried to go and tell him how big of a fan you were. He gave you the cold shoulder. Is there anyone other than him that has really done that to you? You got punked by Ryan Phillippe? That stuff. When was that, Asia? <laughs> just making. Are you? <laughs> I think you were, uh, you were really hammered or something. I, oh. Yeah, it was. It was sad. We tried not to remind. You. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I must have been because I don't remember that. Um, there's been in all the years of like some of the famous people and athletes I've met. Uh, there's been some weird interactions, but I think the only time I ever really got big time was in Tahoe by a tennis player. And I was on the uh, putting green. I was obviously in the tournament, so I wasn't some scrub kind of walking around. I'm not saying I wasn't a scrub at the time, being a backup and and all that. But uh, You get it, yeah. Yeah, it kind of got me and my caddy, who were fans of this American tennis player, uh, he basically said, uh, get the hell away from me. Fucking McEnroe, dude. God damn. That dude is a maniac. He's just punking Aaron Rodgers in his cat. Get out of here. Got to sing some putts, little punk. What do you got, long hair? This ain't a Creed concert, pal. That's unbelievable that McEnroe did that to you. Definitely wasn't McEnroe. <laughs> Serena Williams just punked Aaron Rodgers. Was it, was it Marty Fish? Was it? Was it the, no, there's no way it was that guy. Was it Marty? Love, Marty's a buddy of mine. Other than being a hardcore vikings fan i am a, i really enjoy marty whenever you get up to that upper echelon of life you know and you're just up there and like any human on earth is basically one call away do you just try not to ruin that at all times like i would assume that would be a problem for me i'd be like uh, i can get a hold of who right now <sighs> maybe maybe we send a hello how's it going like is that and who has shown up in your phone maybe that you did not expect like a text message asking you for something it was just like Holy hell, I cannot believe this is my life. Well, I'm still waiting on Scott Stapp, so <laughs> that, would, that would be, uh, be a big-time one. Um, I'll just say that the, uh, let's see, the other day uh, I got a, a message on, I think it was Instagram. I was following this person, so they were able to you know direct message me. But I got a I got a private message from Ric Flair. Wow. It wasn't in my phone phone, but to get a message from Ric Flair was amazing. And I'll tell a quick story. 
just because he tried to tell a story on me a couple of, you know, a week ago. A long time backup of mine, not like three years, Graham Harrell, <laughs> former Texas Tech Red Raider, now the USC uh, offensive coordinator. Probably a future Division One head coach. Congrats, Graham. Um, love Graham. Had some really fun moments with him and Matt Flynn. as one of my greatest uh, quarterback roams. Those guys are amazing. But Graham was a humongous WWF, WWE fan. Let's go, Graham. And he would watch it all. I mean, he would, you know, every like Monday Night Raw and SmackDown and everything that he could watch, he would watch. And a longtime fan. So we're in Carolina playing the Panthers. And I'm at dinner with uh, a buddy of mine who uh, from the Coast Guard who's stationed out there. And he's at dinner with Flynn. Uh, randomly, we're just all at the same restaurant. And our old coach, Kevin Green, who if you know Kevin Green, oh, yeah. wild man, former Pittsburgh Steeler, former Carolina Panther, uh, former WCW wrestler. Oh, yeah. Uh, and just a beauty of a human. Um, he's having dinner at the same time with Ric Flair. So they're at one table, Flynn and Graham are at another table, and I'm at a third table. Just randomly, we're all there. Graham starts blowing my phone up. You have to introduce, like, take me over to the table. Take me to the table. And I'm like, just fuck, go over there. Like, you know Kev, just, you know KG, just go walk over there and talk to him, right? And he's like, I can't, I can't. I, I need you, you got to go with me. Like, he's literally texting me, like, the entire dinner. I'm like, all right. I was like, okay, uh, you know, finishing up here. Five minutes to go over the table. So he's like eyeing me, eyeing me, like at the other table. Like, I'm like, what is this guy? Like, just leave me alone. You know? like, what's wrong with you? So finally, I'm like, okay, I'll take him over there. So we walk over the table. KG sees us. Hey, brother, what's up? Yeah, you got to meet uh, my good friend, Ric Flair. And I was like, hey, you know, really nice to meet you. Been a fan. But this guy right here <laughs> is a huge fan. You know, I introduced Graham. And Graham clammed up like I've never seen anybody clam oh, up. Oh, can't happen. Oh, can't God. happen, Graham. I'm talking about paralyzed. He couldn't get a word out. There's one of situations where, you know, it's like uh, you, you try to set your buddy up with a, with a good-looking girl and, and you introduce him, and you have to do all the talking between them because he just can't get a word out. That's how it was. I'm literally like, he freezes, like can't even shake his hand. And I'm like... Uh, Graham's, you know, he's been a huge fan forever. Like, you know, <laughs> the, uh, you know and I'm like, and then Graham, nothing. And Rick's like trying to, he's been very gracious. Like, oh, that's great. You know, it's great to meet you guys. And then, you know, but it's, and then, and then stops. I'm like, yeah, you know, uh, you know, Graham's, you know, he's, he kind of gets, gets me going. He tells me what's going on every week. And, you know, we watch some of your old fights and, you know, it's. You're just prodding Graham. I'm literally telling him like everything he's feeling. And he can't get a word out. Oh, man. Rick but then afterwards, he's like, oh, that was the greatest thing ever. I said, what just happened to you? <laughs> How did you just go mute? Hey. Like, this I is let... the greatest moment of your life, according to you, and, and you can't even get a, a word out? Aaron, uh, on the phone right now, by the way, Ric Flair. Uh, actually, Ric Flair. Ric Flair, I don't know if you know this. You made a man named Graham Harrell, who's former NFL quarterback, now the offense coordinator for the USC Trojans out there, absolutely clam up whenever you met him and Aaron Rodgers one night down in Carolina. I don't know if you remember that night, but that's the power of Ric Flair, and thanks for calling in, brother. No. Not him. Can he hear us? Is he I hear us. That's actually Ric Flair, by the way. We actually have Ric Flair on, allegedly. I mean, it's windy day or wherever the hell he's at. 
Oh, dead. He's there, though. Can he hear us? Is Rick Flair listener, first time caller? <laughs> Hold on. Is Rick Flair clamming up because Aaron Rodgers? Oh, yeah. oh, See, this is potentially what's happening there. Your new house in Malibu. No, I'm sorry. You got his big no. You made it. Ah, we got to hang up on him. Yeah, got to hang up on him. I thought we we're gonna have a legitimized to the story right there, though. I thought we we're gonna have a legitimized to the story there. Has that ever happened to you? No. Just was it Andy Roddick, by the way? I think we're moving on. I think. Ah! By the way, my list of tennis players is only so long. I went through it. Shout out to the YouTube comment section coming through in the big there. Uh, I, I will I will say it was not Andy Roddick either. Fuck. But I just wasted all the question? Um, I was going to ask you, uh, you have the Jacksonville Jaguars this weekend. Good luck, by the way. Start stacking these wins up. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Hell yeah. Um, but I was really intrigued by this. So if you play a sport for a long time, very long time, uh, and you become very wealthy and very successful, um, the continuing of playing the game has to be a love of the sport, right? And I think we all agree that if you play, you have to have some sort of love of the game, right? You can't just be a, I'm here for the money guy, because once you get a certain amount of money, then you're automatically going to leave. If you continue to play, you have to love the sport. And I wanted to ask you this question, because I think you're a very deep thinker. Like, what do you, what, why is football the greatest sport on earth? And do you think football is the greatest sport on earth? And why do you like football? That's a really deep question there, Pat. I know. I think I'd get a good answer out of you, though. Like, I, I think you'd be able to talk about it in a way that I think a lot of people haven't because you've been at the pinnacle of it for so damn long and inside of it, and your brain is a pretty fantastic one. We've learned here over the last few weeks, mm-hmm. obviously. Last few weeks, that's it. That's all the time we've learned that. I think it's the greatest sport in the world for one main reason. It is a true team sport where it is damn near impossible for one person to dominate an entire game. And if you look at other team sports, uh, uh, basketball with five guys on the court, I think you've seen multiple players over the years. Uh, maybe one player, maybe one or two players on a squad be able to dominate and win championships. Baseball, you can have a dominant pitcher uh, and win championships. Soccer, you can have a dominant forward and or goalie. That seems to be a little more of a team sport, but you don't have 11 players engaged at the same time on every play. It is truly uh, a sport reliant on every player on the field to do their job in order to be successful. And I think that's why at times, you know, certain star players can get uh, maybe too much credit and, and maybe too much blame on the flip side because it does take so many players at the same time in three phases to win football games. Uh, and I think that's the beauty and the draw of our sport is that something new happens all the time because you are literally dealing with 11 humans on the field at, at one time who all have lives outside of football and there's distractions, there's uh, a reliance on, on coaching, there's a reliance on preparation, there's a reliance on diet and performance. Um, I just think there's so many facets to it that you see something new every single week and I think that's the beauty in our game. Uh, when it comes to the love that I have for it, it's rooted, and I think like any uh, any player who's played for a long time, the the love is not just about our sport. It's about competition. And I think there's nothing in the world for me that fills that need and that hole I have like competition. I think we, you know, if players who played for a long time at a high level, you have that uh, – need to be satiated uh, competitively and and it's a love 
of going out there and going against guys and being in an environment where you know that uh, nothing is guaranteed. And that's why I, at times I've taken uh, umbrage to people saying that it's easy because it's not easy. It's never easy. And I think that's the beauty in our game is that you see things new every single week. It's never easy. And your only thing you're guaranteed is, is the ability to compete. Uh, I love that aspect of it. I love competing. I love going out there and harnessing the fear of failure where I think so many people who maybe don't love football as much, the root of that is is a deep uh, fear of failure, uh, that you might go out there and your best might not be good enough, and that's not okay with you. Isn't, right? Hey, Aaron, isn't that interesting, though, that they always say you can't have a fear of failure? Like, I'm scared to death of failure. It makes me do, like, more things. Like, it makes me work a little harder, I think. Like, I, I hate that old adage, like, you can't be scared of failure. you got to go try it. I'm like, I agree, you got to go try it, but you should have a little healthy fear of failure. You 100% should have a fear of failure and a fear of your job. Yeah. I think, and I think you should find a way to harness that. And to harness that, in my opinion, and I've said this many times, is a redefinition of what success actually is because success is not winning all the time because that is damn near impossible success is knowing that you've done everything in your power uh, from a preparation standpoint from a focus standpoint from from a, a, a performance standpoint to achieve a win or success and that it won't happen every time it definitely won't happen every time and I think our society sometimes glorifies that winning is the only thing. I mean, our, our you know one of our longtime coaches said winning isn't everything; it's the only thing. Um, and I don't want to you know argue with the great Vince too much, but uh, I think that is an unrealistic view, and often it can cripple people who view the opposite of winning as failure, and then will never put themselves in that arena again and be willing to lay it all on the line knowing that it might not be good enough. And I think that is true success, and that's what every great competitor does. They're willing to put in everything they got knowing that some days it might not be good enough. Man. There. Hey, that was awesome. I want to let you know, thank you for that. I think I just became a better human. I wish I would have heard it before I went into the NFL. Maybe my first couple of years won't, wouldn't be as bad. Maybe the end would have been great, but I appreciate you for that. Earlier, we had a call from a man who had a moment down in Charlotte where he was eating dinner with Kevin Green, former WCW superstar, and you and Graham Harrell had to go over there because uh, Graham Harrell was begging you to introduce. You have a conversation with Ric Flair. Graham Harrell doesn't say a single damn word. Ric Flair is on Rick. Do you remember that night? And thanks for joining us, the greatest of all time. He's on your on your computer right there. You have to cue him in. He, we had him call into the... We had to call him, yeah. Our phone line was acting up. Oh, jeez. Rick, are you there, pal? Yeah. Yeah, are you talking about me or Aaron? You. Did, 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 <laughs> hey, did Grant... Sorry, we had to figure this out tech-wise. Thank you for making this happen. Do you remember this no. night? Do you remember this night down in, uh, in Charlotte? Of course. I was with Kevin Green and... Uh... I, I asked Kevin, I said, I got to meet Aaron Rodgers, you know, the man. <laughs> so he wanted to meet you, actually, Aaron. I don't know if you know that. Rick, what are you doing right now? Are you traveling right now? I've, I've just taken uh, my steps on over to buy a new, uh, what you buy, a Tesla. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we appreciate I take it. In, I take it in and pick up the car I bought. 
one. I wasn't sure what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear what it was. But goddamn, that was Ric Flair. <laughs> hey, that was awesome. Aaron Rodgers Tuesday with Ric Flair. Not a bad day. Hey! So he was telling Kevin Green the entire time. He was texting Kevin Green underneath, like, you have to go introduce me to Aaron Rodgers. That has to feel pretty cool. I'll never experience that. Good for you, man. It's pretty awesome. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. If, and I think you might remember this. AJ would remember this. Um, I believe it was in Carolina age. you got to help me with this. But I feel like there was a huge intro in Carolina on the Jumbotron where, with Rick just going, woo. 20 times. <laughs> yeah. I think he did that for the Tennessee Titans. He did that for the Carolina Panthers. I think there was a I think he did it for another team too throughout my okay, career. But there was it wasn't just loyalty to to Carolina Panthers. Well, I, when he did the Carolina one, I think he did like a this is home, you know, like an entire thing, but when I saw him at the Titans one, it was very similar and I was like, "Wait a minute, Nashville, Charlotte, uh before we let you go, and you're always so gracious with your time." Uh you were a part of a massive NFL Films video that was tribute to Alex Trebek, uh, the greatest game show host in the history of game show hosts, pass away suddenly uh, Sunday morning. Any thoughts on your, your chance getting to hang out with him, meet him, and uh, obviously his, his passing? Yeah, I was super bummed out uh, to hear about it. Um, anyone who knows me well knows that 6 p.m., on weekdays is about watching Jeopardy. Uh, that's the time it's on in Green Bay, uh, as opposed to other places. It's on before Wheel of Fortune, and if I'm not watching it, it's taped, and that's just kind of been a standard. I have a lot of nostalgia. It's one of those nostalgic voices and of my childhood. And I was telling a, a coach the other day, you know, it's it's the Pat Summerall's and John Madden's and uh, Frank Al and Dan from Monday Night Football. Um, Bob Barker and and Alex Trebek. You know, those are some of the voices of my childhood, and I've attached so many memories over the years to those moments. Whether it's watching, you know, the the Fox game of the week with with uh, Pat and John, and then getting to meet John years later with, in a production meeting was amazing. And uh, Frank Allen, Dan, Monday Night Football. I mean, that's just it's a, it's a part of it's so ingrained in Americana and my story as a young person. And my love affair with sports, uh, and and being sick from school, but being able to watch the prices right at ten o'clock in the morning, and Bob Barker, oh yeah, uh, yeah. and you know just special moments, and Alex Trebek, you know, being on a week as we do in the summer at my grandparents' house, and and every weeknight we watch Jeopardy, and that was when I got my start, and uh, continue to watch it, uh, you know, throughout high school and college, and then had a random opportunity to go on Celebrity Jeopardy in 2015 and jumped at it. No doubt about it. I want to do it. And getting to meet him it was one of the few moments in life I've been starstruck uh, just because I have so many nostalgic attachments to him. And it's just he's had a meaningful part in my life uh, because it was a connection point for me and family members. Uh, uh, you know, just a fun trivia thing to do all the time. Uh, growing up, and then as and just kind of a daily routine for me. It, uh, you know, living in Green Bay as a as a young person, um, and having a lot of time to myself, especially in the off seasons, uh, being out here. So really sad to see that. Really thankful I got to meet him. Thankful I got to be on the show. Uh, winning the show was a, was you know a secondary gift uh, to getting a chance to meet him, and and he was as. Uh, enjoyable and kind 
and present as you would have uh, hoped and dreamed. Um, really sad to hear about the diagnosis, knowing what pancreatic cancer the survival rates are, but was really hopeful and sending my best prayers and, and energy his way. And again, just sad uh, as so many people are, because I think for for us in America, he's been, uh, and like Pat Sajak and Vanna White and Bob Barker and some of these hosts, just a really special part of our daily lives. Like yeah. he felt like you knew him because he'd come into your living room or kitchen or dinner, dining room table every day. And sad to see, uh, see his passing. Yeah, I completely agree with everything you said there. I think we all echo that sentiment, not being able to go on there. But you spend more time with Trebek than almost anybody on earth whenever you watch it every single night. I, I'm also a Wheel of Fortune Jeopardy watcher. So every night in Indy, it's Sajak and Vanna then goes into Trebek to close out the hour. But I spend every single day with them there for a long time it's like oh these people are just part of my crew which i think a lot of people view our show which is an honor but trebek was the man and when you got on that show you dusted folks i mean oh. it was it was an ass beating on there it was fun to watch because normally by the way sports people were the dumb ones so having you go out there and dominate was a thing of beauty they got to release the footage of the practice game we did before that at some point what you do you did even better that was a serious ass whooping <laughs> Well, let me just let me just end with this story, and then I gotta go. But we got to the set, and it was me and Mark Kelly, uh, astronaut, now uh, senator, and Mr. Wonderful. And I've never told this story before, also, which is fun to tell. He's on your on your show. Yeah, we appreciate but it a lot. In the back in the green room, there wasn't a lot of trash talk, except for Mr. Wonderful. Mm. Not necessarily him. But his wife, mm. his wife was talking about how he had the advantage on the show because he's on TV all the time. Oh, wow. That was her justification. Wow. So, so we go out to the practice game and I mean, I smoked him. <laughs> see ya. Oh, yeah. Take Mr. Wonderful was in the minus, just like he was in the regular game. Oh, <laughs> no deal, Paul. Hadn't met Trebek or anything yet. And they'd ask, like, you know, are you a fan of the show? I said, yeah, I watch it a lot. So I knew, you know, I knew the rules and the timing and everything. And 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 Mark had a pretty good game, but I was well, well ahead. Yeah, yeah. And so we came back in the green room and the in-betweens. So now we finished the practice game. And now we're, you know, going to take a little break. They're resetting. And then Alex is going to come out for the real game. He comes in the – before he even comes into the uh, the room – when I walked back in the room, it was real quiet. <laughs> real quiet. Everybody was feeling a little confident maybe before that. Got a little bit quiet. That was a fun that was a fun a fun day though. How's um, that feel? Hey, there it is, by the way. That is a real ooh. fist there. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Wonderful had no idea. You you did have a great outfit on, obviously. I got a quick yeah. Pat, can I ask that? Is that are you being ironic? I hope you're being ironic there with the outfit. Right? <laughs> like that's not. Are you Look, serious? Or that was, you know, that was. Uh, I was still. I was coming out of you know some dietary uh, choices I had made. Oh. Um, I definitely my face was a lot fuller. Uh, oh yeah, I know. It was. Uh, some would say a friend of mine, Tim, would say that was kind of my uh, fat stage. Oh, <laughs> smart though. Uh, 
but he, you know, he's a big body shamer uh, with me. He saw me at my fattest. Uh, after I broke my foot, I weighed like 245 in the off season. Oh, yeah, that's probably me. more than AJ played most of his years. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, that really actually spurned me on to make some better healthy choices after seeing myself. Oh, that's a bad photo there, Evan. That's very rude of Evan to put that photo up. Hey, we appreciate you, man. What do you got today? Anything? I got a big day, man. Just some preparation. Uh, it's raining outside, so I'll be indoors probably the rest of the day. Uh, 50 degrees in rain this weekend. Good luck, pal, dealing with the elements. Thank you, buddy. I'm going for you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jeopardy champion Aaron Rodgers. Yeah! Sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by the good people at Thursday Boot Company, a bootstrap startup that makes the best handcrafted boots and sells them direct to consumer at some of the lowest markups in the footwear industry. Thursday's boots. Nope. Thursday boots. It's not Thursday's no. boots. Common misconception. It's just Thursday boots. Mm-hmm. Tagline is highest quality, honest prices. Because there are some of the best materials like full grain leather, supple glove leather lining, and gold standard Goodyear welt construction. Just like the legacy brands that charge 400 bucks plus for similar styles. But Thursday Boot Company sells their boots at prices starting at just $149 with free shipping and free returns. What a deal. What a deal. Because of the great designs, quality, and great value, Thursday Boot Company has been featured in all the best fashion press. From Esquire and GQ to Cosmo and Vogue. Ever heard of them? Wow. And more importantly, they've gotten over 20,000 five-star reviews from real customers. Real customers? That's a lot. 20,000. Big sample size. Big, big. That's a lot of people saying, yep, they're great. Mm-hmm. Because one star means they exist, but they suck. Right. Two star means I was expecting something, but it got bad. Mm-hmm. Three star, this is very average. Four star, this is good, mm-hmm. but not great. Five stars, fucking awesome. Well said. They got 20,000 five-star reviews from real customers. Handcrafted with the highest quality materials to be comfortable, versatile, and durable, Thursday boots are perfect for people who understand quality and don't want to pay a high retail markup for a great-looking pair of boots that are built to last. With prices starting at just $149 with free shipping and free returns, Thursday boots are the best buy this winter. And with their clean, timeless design and durability, Thursday boots will keep you standing confident for years to come. While they don't do sales or discounts, head on over to thursdayboots.com and get free shipping and free returns. Give them a try and you'll have a pair on your doorstep before next Thursday. Wow. That's thursdayboots.com to get your pair today. T-H-U-R-S-D-A-Y-B-O-O-T-S.com to get your pair today. Back to the show. Um, joining us now. Okay, perfect. Joining us now <laughs> is the head coach of the Indiana University who, 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 Hoosiers football team. They are currently undefeated. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom out. Coach, what's going on, bub? I'm doing great, Pat. How you doing, buddy? Hey, did you lose your voice just yelling in celebration, or are we coaching hard? What do we got going on down there in Coaching hard. We just got off the practice field, so my my voice is usually hoarse every day. Okay, what did we work on today? What was the mindset coming off of the massive victory? First time beating Michigan since 1987 or something like that. I mean, it was a paramount victory in your program's, you know, early run here, uh, showing that I use the real deal. What was the practice today? What's the mindset? Do you have to teach them how to win, how to be a great team? Is that a part of this entire thing as well, Coach? I do think it's part of the process. You know, I think the bottom line is, is it's, uh, it's about an expectation. And we have that expectation here. And, and uh, our expectations, you know, that, that just drives what we believe. And 
And we've talked about that since I got here. I believe we can do things uh, that are special here, things that haven't happened in our players' lifetime. And uh, But uh, you do that when you create change. That happens every single day. We've tried to change the way we practice, change the way we you know, run this program, the way we watch film, the way we do walkthroughs, the way we you know, train these guys every single day. So they bought into that. So it's back to work today. Tuesday's a big work day for us. And that's what we did. Yeah, it's awesome to hear. You started, you're, you're an Indiana guy. You started as a high school coach, I think in Florida, but at one point, uh, Ben Davis High School, you became a head coach of, and then you get into the college ranks as a defensive coordinator. Uh, then you're defense coordinator for IU. Then you become head coach. Is Was IU, in your mind, as an Indiana guy, and when you were a high school coaching here and to a lot of success at Ben Davis High School, and then you get in, was IU like the dream job as an Indiana guy or no? Because... IU is, has never really been known as a football school, which, by the way, right now, the conversation around IU begins and ends with the football team, which is something that is really remarkable how quick you've been able to do that. But was IU a dream destination at some point for you? Well, I would say this, you know, growing up here, you know, I, I knew full well the history. You know, when I, I was in high school the last time we beat Michigan. And so uh, bottom line is, is that the, the opportunity to be a head coach in the Big Ten is a dream opportunity for me. And the fact that I can do that in my home state uh, makes it really, really special. And so that's how I would answer that question. And so, but it, it is special for me to be home. I born and raised here. My my dad was a head football coach in Newcastle. I played there, and and uh, just uh, just love this program, love this state, love this university, and the fact that I can represent my home state is really, really special. And I I think. Whenever you move to Indiana, you don't realize how loyal the IU fan base is. The IU fan base is a very loyal one. I mean, there's bars downtown Indianapolis that are just IU bars. I mean, that is a real thing. People love it. But the conversation is always, hey, basketball, right? Pinstripes, basketball, we're going to do this entire thing. Watching them all come out of the woodwork in support of the football team. And this is, I'm going to ask this question because it's 2020 and I have to, but I think you guys would be selling that place out, that stadium out, if it wasn't for COVID right now, which is not a normal thing for IU football at all. So I'm kind of bummed that your football program doesn't get to experience that because COVID's coming by storm. But I feel like with what you're building, with how young your team is, how the offense is, this is going to be for years to come. I believe so too. And, and I told our staff, I said, man, the only negative about Saturday was the fact that that place would have been sold out. And when we won, they would have stormed the field and tore down both goalposts. <laughs> That's the only thing we missed by uh, not having the fans there. Um, I saw you celebrate with a player. You got a cut on your cheek from that. And then I listened to your press conference where you talked about previous injuries that you've got from celebrating. And I think one of them, you said you you obliterated both of your front teeth because of your celebration. Can you elaborate on that a little bit for this show for people that maybe didn't hear your press conference? And also, yeah, so people should know that you are a celebrating coach. Like you get after, you celebrate hard, which is very refreshing to see, by the way. Well, there's no question. I've always been this way. Uh, matter of fact, one of my former players from Ben Davis texted me after the game and said, man, it's good to see Coach. You haven't lost it because I tackled him years ago and got a black eye when I tackled him <laughs> after a, a big-time play in the playoffs. And, and so, But I was at Ole Miss, and so, you know, jumped on a player, and unfortunately his helmet hit me right smack in the mouth and, and knocked my two front teeth out. Unfortunately, one of those was – was was fake and so that one just disintegrated but the other one was real and it knocked it it just completely 
broken half and it exposed my nerve and it hurt like crazy. Mm. And so I had to coach the whole rest of the day, the whole rest of the practice with no, no front teeth. That's practice. And you try and talk without your front teeth is, is a really unique challenge. And then I had to have a root canal. It took like eight months for the whole thing to get fixed. I had a fake, fake tooth in there. I had to pop in and out for, for months. And so I still celebrate, but I don't wear a mouthpiece. I probably should, but I do. I did learn to turn my head. That's why I turned my head and I caught my cheekbone on. <laughs> so just, uh, we have a lot of fun here at Indiana football. It sounds like it. I did not know uh, in Bloomington, by the way, great time. So, I mean, if you're a football player looking for a great town with a team, it sounds like has a great time and seems like the culture is an awesome one. Definitely think about the IU who, 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 Hoosiers, things are coming around. But the fact, I didn't know that you lost both your teeth celebrating with a player from a, from a, from a practice what happened in the practice that you got do you you're just jacked all the time you see people do good oh, yeah. plays and the guy you know it was a linebacker when linebackers make plays i was a linebacker coach and he did did things the way he's supposed to be done I and mean, i just jumped on him and he's a big six foot five guy and and it was a bad decision and uh, <laughs> and it hurt it hurt really bad you know so but uh i just brushed it off and went to the dentist how do you Man, you're very refreshing to talk to, by the way, because normally coaches are just like super, we got the whole thing, and here's our recruiting pitch, this is what you're going to get, okay, the boys will come in here, blah, 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 the whole thing. Listening to you talk about celebrating with your players is so refreshing to hear, especially in a world that has gone so corporate and so everything like that. It's very refreshing to talk to you, Coach. I wasn't 100% sure. Uh, I, I looked into you a little bit last night on the internet. I'm pumped to hear that you are exactly what they read about with this whole thing. Whenever you build your coaching staff is that something you look for like hey we, we have to have the same matching energy or do you kind of balance it out like okay got a hard-ass guy here uh not that you're not hard i'm, I'm talking you know what i'm saying though in the football okay. world hard-ass coach do you okay. try to balance it out or do you try to like bring people that have your same energy because i think mike well, mike it out I, I think i think you have to balance it out i think you have to have different personalities and and uh, not everybody's as excitable and as high strung as i am and that's good you know i think both coordinators that i have are, are both more you know even killed in my personality. And, and, and so I, I think you have to have tremendous balance, but you have to have fit. I'm, I'm looking for guys that fit with what I believe in, which is the, the core values of accountability, toughness, and love. And I want guys that believe in that, that, that believe it's about relationships, building with your players. And, and, and I, I want guys that value their family. I want guys that want to be great husbands and fathers because I want that to be the, the underlying theme of our program. If we want to build men that are going to future, that go out in the future and change this world for, for the positive and, and make an impact in their communities. And so that's the kind of guys I attract. That's the kind of guys I want. They're faith family guys and, and they just coach with a ton of energy. But you, you better be an energy. You better bring your energy now as we going to fit here you know and so but at the same time not everybody's going to be just like me i don't want a bunch of robots and guys that just are, are yes men coach has it been difficult uh keeping your kids you know kind of in line in terms of COVID. i mean they're ranked 10th you know they can't really enjoy it too much outside of the facility when you see what's happened uh with wisconsin like is is has that been a, more difficult than you imagined or it's challenging and it's it's just one of those things that we have to you know we got to deal with it we got to make sacrifices and you know even as our own families i mean i i came and have my own families here to the games and we used to have the games come over to the house and we can't do all that and and uh so it's just uh you know it's tough for everybody now the the, the 
the close families can come and watch. But even then, they're like, we got to say, hey, you got to wear a mask when you're around your family that's coming from Florida or, or Virginia or Texas or, you know, California, wherever we got kids from all across the country on our team. And so that part is challenging because, you know, you don't know who you're around and who they've been around. And so you, you just can't have your normal interactions and we can't guys can't go to parties and they can't go to large group gatherings. And and that's that's, you know, and we're not with them. And so we don't have little trackers on them to, to tell us where they're going. We got to trust them. That they're going to make good decisions and and not put this team in jeopardy and so but our, our guys have done a great job and but it's a it's a daily challenge that isn't going away the interesting thing about it is i think the longer we're in it the less we know about it because there are certain instances where covid runs wild on some people brother and they're like we have no idea why it happened like we literally have no clue how it happened why it happened it seems like there's going to be a, i mean it's got to be tough after the season are you going to allow them like a week where you can say like hey all right go get covid go have a good time because of uh, the lockdown that you've been on how are you going to handle that coach how are you going to handle that no, that's a great question but the, the answer is no <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, but yeah, I mean, what's the future hold? I don't know, you know, and it's like even we talk about having to you know, get ready for your bowl game. We usually let our guys go home for some time. And are we going to be able to do that? I mean, it, it's just that there's so many unanswered questions about what's January going to look like, what's February going to look like, you know, so December, uh, we don't even December. So it's crazy. The the Graham Mertz was that his name, mm-hmm. the Wisconsin kid who's out for 21 days. That had to be quite a wake-up call for all the players. It's like if you're balling out or have a chance, you guys have a special opportunity here that not a lot of teams do, right? Early in the season, a lot of teams lose games that they're not supposed to, and they're immediately out of conversation. Indiana has been thrusted into conversation now because you guys get wins and stack wins. And if you're a player and you saw what happened to Graham, who had the biggest night of his life, five touchdowns opening night, he took the world by storm. This is going to be the guy. Now he's out for 21 days. I assume that in of itself is enough motivation to keep it locked down. Like, But that's that's going to be tough like that's the human aspect of it like that's tough to deal with for the college kids it is and that's where you're right we had a, a tangible example within our own conference of a team that we're going to be playing here in the next few weeks and so it is a wake-up call to realize hey man that could have been me you know and, and our guys recognize that we talk about that as, as a team and use it as an example and, and, and the thing is sometimes you could you know, be doing everything right and, and who knows how you get it like you said like you said the more more this goes along the less we seem to know and so the bottom line is you just got to do everything within your power to mitigate the risk of of getting this virus and, and trying to stay healthy and so it's just added to the challenge and the uniqueness of 2020 it's been a it's been a crazy ride so far Coach, you're tackling players during the game. It's awesome. But for your pregame speeches, do you, like, bash your face off of every face mask in the <laughs> yeah, locker room? Or yeah. are you just kind of, like, yelling at them, letting them know it's time to go? Yeah, no, I don't. Uh, I've, I've not done the head bashing piece. But uh, <laughs> I, I would say that, you know, I'm a pretty fiery guy and passionate, believe in what we're doing here, believe in the way we're building this thing. So, yeah, I try to, you know, just think of things that, I, that, that are guys that uh, relates to what we've talked about during the week and kind of comes to crescendo right before kickoff and, and at halftime. And, and uh, because to me, it's, it's not about some, you know, rah-rah speech that's going to motivate it, but it's about just appealing to the very structural things that we put in place, the things that we do every single day, the things we believe in. And a lot of it too is us just, you know, making history together and proving people wrong and, and having that chip on our shoulder and something to prove every single time we take the field. And, and that's a, it's an awesome, powerful thing to see a group of young men believe in a vision that you set forth when nobody else believed just several years ago. And now to see those things come to reality, it, it's a special, special thing. And I, I just appreciate these young men for believing in, in me and believing in this program 
and and that's why those locker room scenes have been so special. Well, it's been paying off. I mean, it's been awesome to watch you guys celebrate, play, everything like that. I got a tweet from a guy who I follow. I was just trying to find it while you were speaking there. He's He said he's done some either work with you or the team, and there's like a word of the year or something like that. Do you have like a word of the year? Do you know who that man is so I can properly give him credit? I think he's <laughs> like a uh, he's like a guru, a life guru or something like that. And what John is John Gordon. There it is, John Gordon. Damn, that's on me, John. I want to let you. I follow you. I, I that's on me for not knowing that. And I appreciate the tweet. What 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 is the word of the year? And what is that entire process? Well, it's called one word. And he wrote a book entitled by uh, one word. That's the title of the book. And he wrote with several guys. And so uh, he does a phenomenal job of of just teaching individuals how to you know focus in on one thing. And so our one word for 2020 is relentless. And so that one word becomes the overarching theme of our entire program. 2019's theme was grit. And 2018's theme, one word was finish. 2017's one word was breakthrough. And those words become part of our program. But, but this year, it's relentless. So everything we do, it gives us laser focus and, and attention to, you know, blocking out all the noise and all the things. And we, we zero in on this is what we want to focus on for us to, to be what we want to be as a program. And I felt like that was a great word to follow up the breakthrough season that we had in 2019 where we showed tremendous grit and tremendous toughness and tremendous fight to win eight games for the first time in 26 years and go to bowl game for first time and just all those different things that we're doing and and then followed up with how we're going to take this thing to another level we got to be relentless in everything that we do relentless effort relentless focus relentless attention to detail relentless grit and so to me it's about that one word that just gives us tremendous focus and all our energy into one thing so we can do great things on the field together. Hey, Coach, I can't wait to watch you guys continue this relentless season, pal, with COVID coming down. Ohio State's knocking down the door here a little bit. I can't wait to watch you and the boys figure it out. Congrats on all the recent success and keep it going. Thank you so much, Pat. I sure appreciate you. Thanks for having me on the show. Coach Tom Allen. Yeah! So sorry to interrupt. I want to let you know that Lisa Mattress is the greatest mattress company on planet Earth because they change the mattress buying experience. Okay, you're laying on your bed maybe right now and you're thinking to yourself, is it time to buy a new bed? And if you're thinking that, it is. The bed is where you spend a lot of your time. It's where you rest, you recharge, you fornicate, you hang out, you watch TV, you watch Netflix, you maybe listen to this show, watch this show. The mattress, the bed isn't just something for sleeping anymore. No, no, it is a part of your everyday life. Yeah. The lifestyle piece. You might as well be comfortable in there because there is plenty of reasons why. Oh, yeah. When your body's happy, guess what? You're happy. When you're comfortable, guess what? You're more recharged. And there's a lot of mattresses out there, but they're all bullshit. Pretty much. The old mattress buying experience was a terrible one, too. You, dr you show up at a mattress store, which everybody thinks is a drug front anyways. Why are they so goddamn big? They can't be selling that many mattresses. Mm -mm. Then you get inside and you realize, oh, this is like a car salesman or car saleswoman. Mm -hmm. Let me have you roll around in these mattresses that other humans have been doing all goddamn day. You see that kid that's rolling around in a diaper? You're going to be on there next. <laughs> you see that slob over there that looks like he hasn't showered in maybe two, three weeks and actually lives on his mattress and he's trying out a new one because his 400-pound life wore it out? You're hopping on there next. That experience is no more because Lisa has made the mattress buying experience the most convenient possible. Yeah. They've done research, they've done studies, they've utilized a thing called science to make sure that the mattress you're getting is the most comfortable mattress, no matter what your body type is. They've studied thousands and 
spend thousands of humans to make sure you have the best mattress possible. And you don't have to go to some creepy store and talk to some creepy person to get it. Actually, if you go to lisa.com, L-E-E-S-A.com, and use code McAfee and get a mattress, which I think, by the way, holiday season, why not get a new mattress, maybe for yourself or for somebody else that mm-hmm. you enjoy a lot? That mattress will just show up on your doorstep in a box. Then unboxing the box and getting the mattress out of it takes less than five minutes. Took me three minutes. Ty? About three, three and a half. You just go ahead and cut the vacuum seal. The mattress comes up to and comes to life. You plop down on it. Bingo, bango. No trip to the mattress store. And the mattress you just laid on that came out of a vacuum seal in a box is fully ready to go and the most comfortable mattress you've ever been on. Confirmed. Right now, you can get up to $200 off plus Two free pillows at lisa.com, L-E-E-S-A.com. And on their hybrid mattress, you can get up to $350 off, which is their next level mattress. And then the Legend mattress, their new, new, new mattress, which is fantastic, by the way, for somebody that has a Legend mattress in the bed. Uh, $500 off plus two free pillows. Mm-hmm. And right? those pillows are very nice. Very, very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, pillows are also very difficult to buy. They are. L-E-E-S-A.com. Code McAfee, M-C-A-F-E-E. You get up to $200 off plus two free pillows on the original mattress. Up to $350 off the hybrid mattress plus two free pillows. And then up to $500 off the Legend mattress plus two free pillows. That's a pretty good deal. Change your game, change your life, change your mattress with Lisa. L-E-E-S-A dot com. Thank you, Lisa. And thank you to you for buying the greatest mattresses on planet Earth. Back to the show. Joining us now is a man who doesn't want to leave us lonely. We were supposed to talk to him seven minutes ago, a little bit late, because we went on a rant about uh, Indiana having 75-degree weather right now. It's fucking nice, I'm be honest. I know there's probably some repercussions on the other side, <laughs> but I want to let you know right now, we are borrowing happiness from some other, some place or some time. And I just want to let you know, we are enjoying it. Mm-hmm. So whenever it gets to the other side of this and we're just getting dumped on by whatever, just remember that we did enjoy this particular time here. Not Absolutely. In our life. Not in our lifetime, so fuck it. Oh, Jesus. Dick, <laughs> you just started a conversation. Tone. Tone, by the way. That is not, not you. your stance. That is not your stance. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, you know. That is not your stance. That is not it, Tone. <laughs> wow, you got a lot to learn about yourself. <laughs> Come on. I'm All a right. diva, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us now, he's a two-time Super Bowl champion. I believe he went to Purdue. I think last time he was on the show, he told us he had 45 concussions. Ladies and gentlemen, Robert Nakedis. Yeah. Yeah. now you look so cool you you got a flat bill on you got your uh, gator american flag gator i believe that you're gonna pull up there you look awesome right now where are you this is a reds rubbish removal hat best hat ever just some guy gave it to me i just loved it because it's reds rubbish removal i mean why would you love a reds rubbish hat like come on it's the best hat ever i agree i am right now right now i have the dan and ninko show it's kind of a local thing we go around it's a podcast uh, we have fun today. We're actually racing. Um, oh, uh, let's go! Wow. Racing carts. So guess what? If you ain't first, you're last. I got the number fifty cart. I'm ready to go. There's gonna be rubbing because if you rub, if you hey, if you ain't rubbing, you ain't racing. You know what I'm saying, Pat? <laughs> rubbing is racing, Ninko. Absolutely. I do know what you're saying here in Indianapolis, the race capital of the country. A lot of people say, are those gas powered or electric? So these are e-powered. Get yourself one electric. 
Hey, listen up, okay? We're trying not to have 80-degree Decembers, okay? <laughs> I can respect that. All right. And I bet you – I've been on a couple e-carts that can go a little bit. Them gas-powered ones, though, out here in Indianapolis because there's a lot of racers that come up through there. And go-karts, by the way, are like the uh, – it's like a peewee football. That, that's like for how the, yeah, the – Yeah, that's how they yeah. get in. There's some go-karts here that you want to go race at here in Indianapolis. I forget the name of the place. Fast Times, maybe. They go like 30, 35 miles an hour, and it's a full track. And like we can just go in there and get it. It's awesome. They go crazy. We're doing we're doing 50 right now. We're at the pro level. We're doing 50 miles an hour. We got a half mile track indoor. It's a pretty big deal right now. I'm pretty excited. You got a helmet on. You got a helmet on, and, and uh, you got to check that side because the uh, whenever you turn oh, yeah. on that yeah. thing, it's going to dig into forward. your side yeah. pretty hard there. You guys want to see the helmet Nico's got to rock? Oh yeah! yeah. On, By the way, I hope it's CTE proof. Oh! What? Right. Is that an XL? You got a big head? Big head, small head guy? No, I'm a yeah, I'm a big head guy. You know me. Come on. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So you got to rock the Patriot helmet. I know they struggle a little bit, but it's all right. They almost. You know, lost to a winless team. It's all good. Let's talk yeah. about that last night. Whenever we talked to you a few weeks ago, you said it doesn't matter what they do. If they can't stop the run, they're going to be in trouble. Now, that has kind of been a recurring theme here. And Frank Gore had a night last night. Frank Gore is Frank Gore. But uh, Boston Connor here, he said last night going into the game, you know, we're, we're resetting the season. We're 0-0. So he views them as 1-0. We're about to go on a run because yeah, yeah. Bill Belichick's super genius and everything like that. After last night's game, what did you learn about the Patriots that you may not have known beforehand? And do you change your thoughts or stance after? all on them i it really didn't teach me anything last night i was watching that game and i was surprised a little bit um just the the amount of success the jets were having in the air you know the strength of the pats basically is their secondary so for them to go out there and basically score at will um with flacco i mean the guy he looks like he has a lobotomy and they show him on the sidelines oh, he has no emotions like he has lobotomy. no emotions they show him on the sideline after a pick he's just like this there's no way that's the right word. Yeah. Lobotomy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get what is wiped his brain. Emotionless, yeah. <laughs> they pulled a piece yeah, of yeah, brain lobotomy. Come on, Pat. You know what a lobotomy is. They take the frontal lobe, they scramble it so you don't have emotions. You know what I'm saying? I did not know that. I thought a lobotomy was like something inside of your stomach. <laughs> no, 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 no. Back in the early, early days of uh, people having mental health disorders, they'd go through your eye and they'd scramble the frontal lobe. It was... Uh, they would have done that to intense. me for sure if I was around back then. I'm happy they didn't. But Joe Flacco, he's calm and cool. He didn't have any emotions because it was just another day at the office for him. Calm but and cool. You know, you throw a touchdown, you're up big on the pats, and then you get a call from the, 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 the guys up top, and they say, hey, guess what? We want the number one overall, so make sure you throw a deep pick. And then we go out there, we go three and out, and we lose uh, so we don't go into overtime. So you're saying 100% that the Jets, uh, getting a win over the Jets changes nothing for the Patriots. And how do you think Bill Belichick viewed that game last night afterwards to the team and going into this next week? I think that he's, he's happy that they're not on a five-game skid. You know, you, you get over the hump and you win a game. It, it's got to be a little bit of a boost for the whole team, the morale, because you lose this game. I mean, that would be a really big sock in the stomach. So, you know, I, I think looking forward, they're playing the Ravens. And oh, I yeah. said that they have to stop the run to, to do anything this year. And last night didn't help me at all think that they can stop the run. So you're going to go play the Ravens, who can run the ball really well. Um, it's going to be a tough matchup. Uh, it's, uh, look, it, the Ravens are a tough team. I know everyone's saying that they're not where they were at last year, but they're still a good team. I don't care what you say. How do you feel about Big Ben Roethlisberger hurting both of his knees on one play and then still coming back and making a play to win the game? And now he's contact tracing. He's going to be out all week, but he'll play on Sunday against the Bengals. 
the dude's tough. I mean, come on, you know, Big Ben's tough. He's a big guy. Uh, you know, he, he always seems to remember that year he had like the size 16 shoe on. Oh, yeah. Like one shoe was a 16, the other shoe was like a 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like he was looking like uh, Bozo the Clown out there with the big shoe on. Oh, I'll take you. But <laughs> I, I think you got to respect him for the things that he's able to fight through. He comes back after having, you know, going into the locker room. They evaluate him. They probably give him a little something, and then he comes back out and he and he helps the team win. So you respect the guy that's able to, to fight through pain like that. You always do. Um, whatever you're playing against a guy like that, is there any thoughts? Like, for instance, when you're playing Ben Roethlisberger, which I assume you did on plenty of occasions in the AFC there, and that year where he had the uh, the AT boot, the, uh, the all-terrain walking boot that he just <laughs> – they changed the walking boot into a game cleat by making it a size 16 and adding tape, I think, in there, which is Ben Roethlisberger. Is there any thoughts when you're playing against a quarterback like that? Like, oh, i got to keep my eyes on him. Oh, i got to wrap – is that – like an extra thing or is it is that every single game and you don't really change much of a mindset uh i mean look when you're playing against a guy that's that big you have to make sure that you wrap his ass up because he's he's bigger than you so i remember the one the first time i ever got a sack on ben roethlisberger when i couldn't wrap my arms around him because his midsection was bigger than mine um and he's just (laughs) a load he is a big big dude so um anytime as a linebacker or defensive end that a quarterback like Big Ben or Cam Newton. When Cam Newton walked on the field the first time I played against him, I was like, there's no way I could tackle that guy. He's way bigger than me. Um, Did but you? I got him. I got to him. I got him. I got him. But uh, it's funny you guys have Rodgers on. Um, I, I, the guys, those mystic blue eyes, I'm telling you, it gives you the wink every now and then. I love listening to him talk, and I'm happy right now this year that he's in a a better mind space and having fun because it's great to watch Rodgers. I like to watch the older quarterbacks because I think we're, it's those guys are like the last of a dying breed. Like you're not going to see the quarterback play like we've seen in the past from our generation of quarterback play, like the Mannings, the Brady's, the Rodgers, the Roethlisberger's. I mean, those guys are going to be out of the league and I don't know when they're going to be done, but the new age is a completely different type of quarterback, and it's going to be tough when you don't see those guys out there anymore. I agree. The new age quarterbacks is electrifying. I mean, it definitely it's its own thing. But whenever you're watching a cerebral quarterback just slice and dice a defense and everything, I'm not saying the new guys can. I'm just saying that was the only option beforehand. It is something special. Uh, did you play against Aaron much, and did you guys ever chat? Because it feels like every time he talks to the opposing team, there's like a chuckle on both sides. It's like a, it's like a hey, how you doing, keep it moving type thing. It's very different. I told you the wink story. Didn't I tell you the wink story? Yeah, you literally just said it, but I didn't know if that was with you or you seen it on TV or not. No, so I was playing against Aaron Rodgers. I think it was 2016. We were up in their their house, and uh, I was the mirror guy, and my responsibility was to make sure that Aaron Rodgers doesn't get around the corner and scramble for a first down. Well, (laughs) needless to say, um, there was a play where it was me and him one-on-one in the open field. I'm sure you could pull it up, and I completely missed him. He gave me like one of the – he gave me like the – you know, recently you've seen the the, – the Kyler Murray like stutter step yeah, go. Yeah. yeah. He gave me like a stutter step go. But it's I mean not as explosive as Kyler, but very good because Aaron is very fast. And he got me around the corner, ran for the first down. I came to the sideline. Bill was mad at me. Um and then I, it was in the game. I was he was making a call, he's doing his cadence, and he looked at me and he just gave me one of these, and I was just like, Oh man, he knows he's got me. <laughs> Like, I'm so screwed right now, and I was defeated. And we lost that game. We lost that game. But uh, but you know what, Pat? You would be you would really like this. In that game, I snapped every ball. Punt. 
I played every snap on defense and I snapped every punt, money balls. I snapped every field goal PAT. I was the snapper. In that Let's go! If you can't stop Aaron, at least you can do a snap for the Patriots. I mean, so this- when I came on the field to snap, um, I think it was Clay Matthews was like, why are you on the field? Oh, and I was God. like, oh, I'm snapping. He's like, what the heck? You know, because I was on with all the starters and you come on as the long snapper for a PAT. And he was looking at me. He's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm snapping the ball. Um, it was good, though. It was a fun time. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> How I was your short, snap? Was I've it? never snapped in a game. I never snapped in a professional game. Was that your only before. time? Was that your only time? What happened? Did the snapper get concussed? No, the snaps were perfect. It was my only time oh. doing it. But in practice, when you go down and you look between your legs and you see the punter, and I, I used to do all this, the second team stuff, and I would do all the snaps in, in camp and preseason. But it's a bit different when you look in between your legs and you see a full stadium at Lambeau full of people. <laughs> and you know if you airmail this thing and sail it over the punter's head, you're going to lose, and it's all on you. So I was a little nervous. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I yeah, was it's a like nervous. A, hey, it's like a pitcher. The more and more I think about it, but the world's upside down, and you're just trying to play catch. Yes, yes. <laughs> I remember looking in, in pregame. I looked between my legs, and I saw the stands behind the punter. And I was like, holy shit. You're going to have to get bigger, time. dude. I can't see you in there. You're going to have to get bigger. I was like, I, this is why I know some snappers just snap blind because they don't want to look behind them. They just look up. Like, I don't want to mess up. Don't look up. Uh, don't I, look down. I believe but, we have uh, a photo from that game, by the way. I believe we just – there's Oh, you. no. That's the miss. That's the missed tackle. I'm looking at him, and I'm praying that he trips, but he runs for a first down. Does he know that you're mirroring him in the middle of the game? And how often did you have to mirror somebody? Is that uh, – I, I don't know why they would make me the mirror guy because I wasn't the, the fastest guy in the world. Yeah, that's And Aaron like Rodgers is, is faster than me still and always will be. Um, but uh, I mean, they know. The quarterback knows early. The first series, like they know on a third down if, the, if number 50 is like floating two yards behind the line of scrimmage and not really coming after you, you know that he's got the spy in the mirror so um yeah he knew and he got me he had to be so happy to see you as the guy over there oh. yeah well he, well, he I looked over and bill like, was like a little fucking respect please <laughs> a little respect please i used to have to cover reggie bush like when he was with miami and or mccoy one-on-one -on -one for a wheel route or an angle and reggie would talk to me because we were drafted in the same draft class he would look at me and and you could kind of you could speak to each other. I'm on the line of scrimmage. He's like the the gun back to me um, in the gun. And he'd look at me and be like, you got me one-on-one? -on -one? And I'd say, yeah. And he'd just smile. <laughs> the thought of him, the thought of him standing next to the quarterback like this before the play. And he's like, yeah, that's it. He would be like, you got me one-on-one? -on -one? On and I'd just be like, yeah, I got you. I got you. Hey. I mean, that's a bad move, Nick. <laughs> so, so one, we were playing Buffalo and they had McCoy at this point in his prime. And I had him one-on-one, -on -one and he, I overran the flat because I didn't want to get beat on the wheel. So I overran trying to get leverage up on front of him so he couldn't just outrun me to the flat and then up to the sideline. And he stuck his foot in the ground and ran an angle, and I was 10 yards away from him when he caught the foot. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had about – it was about maybe like a 60-yard gain. Like he ran for about 60 yards – I ran off to the sideline where everybody was at and pushed him out of bounds, and Matty P was standing right there, and I said, don't ever call that again. <laughs> like, let's a talk. DB can't cover him on an angle route. What am I supposed to do? All right, so let's talk a little uh, current football. By the way, any more of those that you have, I fucking love, because you were in a situation not a lot of people were, by the way. Uh, just, you know, lunch pail type of guy. Mm -hmm. First one in, last one out, sneaky, I athletic. 
Yeah, a lot of sunscreen. I get it. <laughs> Crafty. Okay, high engine guy. But the, um, the let's talk about the current football world and one that you used to play with Tom Brady. Are you worried if you're a Tom Brady fan or a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan that the Giants seem to be able to get him uncomfortable? The Saints, who have an incredible D-line, they were able to get him uncomfortable. Do you see uh, anything out of Tom Brady that makes you think, like, he'll get it figured out, he'll be good to go? Or are you on the other side, like, oh, maybe this is going to be a little bit alarming here as the season continues down there in Tampa? Well, I said before that matchup, whoever was hitting the quarterback the most, like if it was Tampa hitting Drew or if it was the Saints hitting Tom, was going to win that football game and drew for the majority of the game was upright had no pressure on him was comfortable in the pocket and pretty much hit every single receiver that he went to and then tom on the other end of that was on the ground a lot pressured constantly good coverage by the saints so you got to tip your hat to the saints i'm sure sean payton was in those meetings this week like look nobody believes that we can do this that the tampa's already winning the super bowl in everyone's eyes so let's go out here and and, and shock the world a little bit we've already beat them once this year um, and you look at Tampa, the games that they've lost, they lose to the Saints week one. Tom's a lot of pressure on Tom, hit a lot. You lose to the Bears, you know, Tom's rolling his eyes at Mac because uh, Mac is literally hitting him again and again and again. He doesn't know what to do. So it almost looks like, you know, the biggest, most glaring problem for Tampa would be protecting Tom. If you can give Tom time, he's going to slice you up. If he doesn't have the time and the receivers aren't getting open, which he has the guys, so it's it's they got to figure it out up front. If they can't figure it out, it's going to be a pretty disappointing season for those guys. Rob, for the Patriots, uh, is Cam Newton going to be the guy for the next you know two three years, or is this experiment kind of over in the next QB no. for them? Seventy some million, by the way, next year. It's like top four in salary yep. cap for the Patriots. No, he's not going to be the guy. I mean, I I say that just because of the fact that when you watch the offense, week one when he was running a lot. That was kind of the identity of what they wanted. They wanted to do the RPO. They wanted to run with Cam. But you can't do that. You can't consistently do that as Cam ages and he's in his 30s. You can't expect him to run with a football Mm. and not get just crushed. And over time, you see, at the end of the day, for me, because I'm like an old school kid and I I have witnessed the NFL in a different view, I I want a quarterback that can stand in the pocket, who can make all the throws, and... You know, Cam, I think you questioned some of his accuracy and his ability to get the ball down the field. He makes some great throws. He, he does. And you got to give him credit for that. But then also you scratch your head on some of them where he's overthrowing guys that are wide open for a touchdown or underthrowing guys. Um, so for me, I think it would be tough to, to give him a contract that would keep him around for a few more years because it's it's not going to be for five million bucks a year. It's going to be north of 20, you know. So for me to invest that kind of money, I need to see more accuracy in the pocket and uh, throwing ability from cam because from here on out he's not getting any faster you know he's not going to improve his speed he's not going to be quicker and he's just going to get older and and slower so you got to be able to throw the ball with accuracy ninko quick question you said because of what i've played and what i've seen i want my quarterback to be able to sit back there and make all the passes now i don't know if that means that you would prefer classic old school quarterback versus maybe the new modern rpo offense quarterback and if that's the case i would like to hear your explanation why because i always thought somebody that could extend a play like aaron by the way aaron was way before this whole thing somebody that can extend a play and make a run is obviously a weapon but i think what you're saying is let's make sure they can make every throw first and then go off of it from there is that what you're saying yeah, so, but Aaron's different because Aaron is looking to, he's extending plays to throw the ball down the field. He's not extending plays to try and run for a first down. He's looking to move in the pocket, get out of the pocket, 
give a split second more for the receiver to get uncovered and then throw the ball with accuracy and velocity like he does. Like the dude's playing darts out there 40, 50 yards down the field. So, you know, I want a quarterback that can, number one, check me into the proper play because at the end of the day, a quarterback is paid to make sure that they run the perfect play against what the defense is showing you. And if you have a quarterback that gets a call come into him and he goes to the line of scrimmage and the call that he's running is a terrible call. I want a quarterback that can say, no, 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 we're going to go with this play, check, check, or they, they come in with two plays and they understand how to read the defense to say, okay, where is it split safety? Where's the safety? Where's the blitz? Who's the hot? Where's the mic? You know, all those things that go into a great quarterback play. I want a quarterback like a Manning because I played against him and I respect the heck out of that guy. Because every time you come to the line of scrimmage as a defense, you had to say to yourself, do not show him anything. Don't show him where we're coming. Don't show the, the keep the shell intact so the safeties don't give away anything. Because if you do, he was going to check the play and he was going to kill you with it. So that's what I want in a quarterback. The guys that are, that are running, I know Kyler Murray is doing terrific things right now. But it's only a matter of time before those guys get worn down and they take too many hits and they could potentially be hurt. Your quarterback as a runner, you're throwing the ball down the field, yet you can get hit on your shoulder or jam a finger that can affect you throwing the ball down the field. So mm. I, want a guy, I want a guy that's smart in the pocket, knows when to get down. Russell Wilson type, he can scramble, he can run for first downs, yes. But number one, he can throw the ball with accuracy. So the new modern quarterbacks, I love it, but eventually – the defenders are going to say, look, we just keep hitting this guy. He's not going to be able to throw the ball down the field great. So, That's coming uh, from an 11-year vet on the defensive line, by the way. And I think a lot of people said about Lamar Jackson last year, it's like, oh, he's going to get hurt. He's going to get hurt. It's going to happen. And people pointed at, like, Michael Vick. Michael Vick was able to have an extended period of time of success, and he was super athletic. Uh, and he could, by the way, remember, he threw that Nerf ball out of the stadium, I do recall. <laughs> but that's a real thing. It's like – Lamar had this ability not to take big hits last year. I think he still has that ability. Some people have that. But all it takes is one, and I think that is something that everybody should know. It's not saying we hope that it happens, we think it's going to happen, but it's just something that does happen in the NFL is you get one big son of a bitch who's 260, 265, who runs a 4-4-4-5, Ninko 4-3, if you're Rob Ninko. All it's going to take is one of those. And it's like, all right, we'll see if they can continue to do that for years to come if you're building a franchise. But for the time being, it is fucking electric trying to watch. What do you got, Ty? Rob, when you look at the Packers' run defense, in your opinion, is that a uh, scheme issue or is it a personnel issue? Well, okay, so when you look at a, a piano, right, there's piano keys, and the white keys are flat and the black keys are higher, right? When you try to stop the run, every single person has to be on the same plane. They all have to be the white keys so they can make sure that there's no cutback, there's no big lanes that open up. When you're a pass rusher, and you're trying to get to the quarterback and you're pass rushing and rundowns, all you're doing is opening up lanes. And when I watch the Packers sometimes, I feel like I see guys trying to get up the field and penetrate when they really need to just set the edge, be be more patient, and let the play come to them as opposed to trying to run up the field. I see it all the time. It's like I, I, st- I want to pull my hair out because it's like don't – when I understand there's a different scheme and some schemes are just get off, just tee off up the field and hope that everyone, you know, your linebackers could come and make the plays. But when you're getting gashed and you watch like the Packers versus the Vikings game and there's just gaping holes everywhere, that's number one, a scheme thing to where guys don't understand where they're supposed to be. And at times people trying to do more than what they should. And 
at the end of the day, when everybody's on the same page, like the piano keys, the white keys, everyone's on the same plane, that gives you the best chance to at least have a to at least have a chance to stop the run. Um, and if they can do that, I mean, I think the Packers, in my eyes, they are they are a a potentially um, big time com- competitor in the NFC just based on what Aaron Rodgers can do. But the defense is is middle of the pack, so they're about 15th, 16th ranked. They're right in the middle. Everyone's high on the Seahawks. Everyone's loving the Seahawks, but they're dead last in defense. I'm talking like you got to play so defense, Ninko. You want to go on a run? You you got if you want to be a Super Bowl contender, you got to be able to put your defense out there, have confidence that hey, they can stop us. They can make a stop when we need it. And they the Seahawks. I I'm not a believer. I'm more a believer in the Packers and the Seahawks. Even though people are gonna jump on me, be like, oh, the Packers gave no, no. up a ton of yards. Not Everyone's giving up a ton of show. yards to the Vikings. Everybody. Not yeah. in this house. Not in this house. Hey Rob, we gotta get to a break. We appreciate you, man. Good luck with your go kart race. Stay safe over there. I am winning. If you ain't first, you're last. That's what's Rick Bobby. Right, hey, keep, hey, keep that thing flat. Keep that pedal down, pal. And go smoke the shit out of those little kids in go-kart. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Nankin. Can't thank you enough for uh, joining us today. Aaron Rodgers Tuesday always just have a little bit more of a juice. more juice. A little bit more juice. Favorite day of the week. Next is Sunday. Sundays are awesome. I mean, let's not get it twisted. Sundays are awesome. Sunday NFL football from... I mean, it sucks that we can't do the London games because when the London games, which would be about now, would mm-hmm. be happening, you'd have NFL football from 10 a.m. to midnight. And that's a great day. It is. It really is. But COVID, which I think is ending soon. Hopefully. Shout, shout out to us, figuring mm-hmm. that out. Um, you only get it, you know, one to midnight or whatever, which yeah. I guess we'll have to learn to adjust to, and we will adjust to, and it'll get back to normal hopefully next season. But Tuesdays are awesome. They're great. What other place do you get a chance to chat with an elite human in the best league on earth that's going to go Hall of Fame definite, not even like a question mark there, but maybe greatest player of all time, and you just get to have a candid conversation with him? Nowhere else. I love Tuesdays. They're the best. I'll never forget this season. If you enjoyed Aaron Rodgers Tuesday today, be a friend, tell a friend. We got another show coming out tomorrow. Big guest tomorrow. Huge guest tomorrow. Wednesdays are always, you know. <sighs> Huge shows. It's tough because you got to follow that, basically, you know, because it's Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers Tuesday. But somehow, some way, the guests on Wednesday always, somehow, almost definitely do. Well, I mean, I'm just surprised you've been so cognizant about it all season. It's like, hey, listen, we need to bring the heat on Wednesdays. Because when you got ART on Tuesday, you know what I mean? That Wednesday is going to be, it's going to have to answer the bell. It is. And it does. Always. So be a friend, tell a friend if you enjoyed the show. If you didn't enjoy the show, just act like it never happened. If you didn't enjoy the show, by the way, I would assume you suck as a person and you should not be giving anybody (laughs) any type of advice. Right? Probably, yeah. Like if you got to this point of the show right now and you didn't enjoy the show, I would assume you should not be giving humans advice. I would agree with that. I mean, teach their own. Maybe you're hate listening and you've got all the here. Maybe you are a great advice giver. But if you hated today's show, I'd assume you suck. I'll second that. Be a friend, tell a friend. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music and launch these people on the greatest Tuesday in the history of Tuesdays. We'll be back tomorrow. Please be a friend and tell a friend. Subscribe, rate, review the Pat McAfee Show 2.0. Aaron Rodgers Tuesday is officially done. See you tomorrow.